Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are you hungry for adventure? Do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns? Don't bother rolling perception, pal. We've got you covered. Behold, Dungeons and Doritos, Nerdy Show's epic tabletop audio drama, a cinematic serial of mayhem-filled, morally questionable quests at DungeonsAndDoritos.com. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Spandex makes me horny. Drag is the new <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Pat DeVere here, and we are back, back, back again with Drag is the new spandex. Bam! Or should I say, bam! Sydney, no. no? <laughs> <laughs> hey, puppy. <laughs> puppy, I want you to come home. <laughs> I am Pat DeBear. I am here joined by Eric and Brian. What's up, fellas? Hello. We are here to talk about episodes four and five of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 5. We are so close to the end. It's really kind of weird. I forgot how short these seasons are. Eight episodes? Uh, probably. Yeah, it's eight of the actual show and then possibly a ninth one for a reunion. Okay. They didn't do a reunion for the last two seasons, I believe. I don't feel like All-Stars 3 or All-Stars 4 had reunion episodes. I know two did. Because that was the first time in a while that they had, I think, just outright filmed the full thing, including the crowning. Because Alaska was wearing 
her crown in the episode that they filmed for the reunion, which was after it aired, but like immediately after. So normally, I know for the last two All-Star seasons, they've done it like regular seasons and filmed both outcomes, except for the tie, which they shoddily put together at the at last minute for All-Stars 4. And they've had the queens, the final two queens, watch it live and film that. So we'll see. We might only have six, seven, three. Wait, no, hold on. We're on four and five. Six. Interesting. We might not have a top four. We might get whittled down to a top three unless they bring somebody back. Which I don't think they're doing because next week would be the normal episode because five have been eliminated, five are left, and they're doing a ball next week. Yeah. Which doesn't really lend itself to be bringing somebody back. No, so interesting. At least in the way that they've done it previously. Yeah, and I mean, I, I we try to avoid any unknown spoilers. We spoil the episodes that we're talking about because they've aired. Um, but I, I know I've seen more in my crystal ball. And um, it is it lends itself to believe that, yeah, we have two more elimination episodes and then we'll have a top three this year instead of a top four. That's fine. That's 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 honestly, I think that the top three is pretty straightforward at this point. Like, hmm. interesting. I mean, and honestly, where we're at right now, the queens that we have left are all super amazing, and I'm glad like where we're at. So, the top three will be phenomenal. So, yeah. no, no matter how this shakes out, not a spoiler for anything, but no matter how it pans out, we have an incredible top three ahead of us. So when Blair wins, you'll be happy? <laughs> <laughs> if Blair declare. were to win, I <laughs> she's done well. Her yeah. she has she has probably, in my opinion, one of the best glow ups in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I was impressed with Monet and Monique going from their season 10 to um, All-Stars 4 right away. But at the same point, you could always see, like, they were just on the cusp of of being great. Mm-hmm. And then they got, as long as they had more money. Right. Um, with Blair, she has, she's a woman. Hat tip to Miss Cracker and her new video, She's a Woman, <laughs> now available on YouTube and iTunes. Ding. As I raise a glass and cheers her. But she has definitely she's not the same girl. Not no, her, the same her looks girl, are, same so, girl. <laughs> Sorry. Her looks are way improved. Yes. And even just her, like her yeah. face and her she definitely goes from looking like a prepubescent Justin Bieber <laughs> to a woman. Like that illusion is severe on her so honestly if any single one of the top five were to walk away with the crown i would not have a problem with it at all so let us dig right into episode four um when we were when you last joined us we had (laughs) we had 
Ms. Jujube winning her first ever main challenge and losing her first ever lip sync on RuPaul's Drag Race. But it was just a lip sync for her legacy. So it didn't really impact her all that much. So we move on to episode four entitled She MZ. Um, there is no mini challenge for this episode. Instead, there is discussion about who was voted for. They pull out the lipsticks and we find out that two people had voted for Ms. Shekhule. Touche. <laughs> or Shekhulel, if you're able to get her lovely <laughs> new summertime beer put out by uh, Goose Island Beer Company. Not a paid endorsement, but Goose Island, if you would like to uh, be a paid endorsement, <laughs> just let me know. I'd be more than happy to take your money. Um, <laughs> and we find out that Alexis had voted for Shay, which threw her for a tailspin, because who would want to vote out their strongest competitor? It never happens on reality TV. Never. Right. Right. Um, but that just le lends itself to the drama that is coming with this main challenge for SheMZ, which is a an, which is an over-the-top drag version of the TV show TMZ. I actually don't know if it's that over the top. Have you ever <laughs> seen TMZ? <laughs> I've seen enough to be like, oh, this gives me that same uncomfortable feeling when I've seen that. It's just so broy and gross and right. Though right. watching that broiness oh, from our queens is is also an extra level of challenge and. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was very odd, but uh, <laughs> there, I, I think there is there are some interesting takes on this. So let me give a quick rundown and then I will go to you guys for your hot takes on the GMZ challenge. We have three teams. We have Mayhem in India. We have Ms. Cracker, Blair, and Jujubee, and Alexis and Shea Coulee. The breakdown was done by production because, you know, obviously they did not want to there was no drama that they were trying to provoke with having these teams set up the way that they never, were. Never. Of course not. <laughs> so here are the scenarios. Shay and Alexis are from the fake Housewives of Tuckahoe. Shay is an icy drag queen who's been fired from the fake Housewives of Tuckahoe for being too fake. And Alexis is a messy drag queen who was fired, although she says she wasn't from the same trashy reality show for being too trashy. Jujubee, Blair, and Ms. Cracker have a very um, not so topical, but I'm sure at the point when this was filmed, it was very topical, uh, college admission scandal story where Juju is an overprotective drag mom, Blair is an obnoxious, ungrateful drag daughter, and Ms. Cracker is the shady queen that is at the center of the college admission scandal. And India Farah and Mayhem Miller. India is a celebrity who is a chronic shoplifter. Um, wasn't much of a stretch for her. And Mayhem was the thirsty shop girl who catches her in the act. So um, what did y'all think of this? 
it, it was an improv challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me not forget that. We alluded to this before, but in the interim, to set up these scenarios and in the in-between shots, they set it up as the TMZ bullpen with, and apparently I wasn't paying enough attention. Honestly, I really wasn't paying a lot of attention during this episode, but the green screen was horrible. Oh yeah. Well, because it looked almost like Carson wasn't even there with them. <laughs> He probably wasn't. Well, it wouldn't and, surprise me. And, and, and that's right. But because his green screen was the worst, and then the other queens, if they were sitting forward, you didn't notice it because they were forward of real things, like real props. But if you were in the back, I think it was Shay and a couple other ones, they were popping in and out like all the whole time. It was, it was bad. It was like I've seen Zoom calls. That, that were better, you know, with their CG background, <laughs> like Eric there. Like, I mean – I, it, was, it was obnoxious, but that wasn't the worst. Like, that was bad. That was noticeable, right? They were so bro-y. Like, we talked about, like, they were, they were, it was so formulaic. They would each introduce as boys, and I don't just mean as their boy selves. I mean as a, like, drag-like bro, if you can imagine that. Uh, they would introduce how hot they were in the upcoming segment, which, okay, it's kind of funny, but when it was every one of them, it just got stupid. It, I mean, it was stupid, but anyway, didn't last. The formula did not hold up. It was like a Saturday Night Live sketch that went on just a bit too long. A bit. More like yeah. way too long. But um, the actual segments were better because they were the, they were the, the improv-y. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the only kind of funny part that I found during um, – during the challenge when they were doing like the, their dude bro selves was the one point where I think it was Shay had called out like one of those like, dude, that, that's, uh, that's sexist or whatever. But then they just made a joke of that and was like, okay, well it went from just being like kind of being funny to then going back to that like dude bro kind of attitude and, it's supposed to be very meta and it just it it yeah i think if they didn't put the the like intermittent clips during the whole thing like if it had just been like here let's intro this and then they go to the whole clip and then went back to like the next segment and had kind of broken up that like it would have been a little bit more palatable it would have been less of a formula that was so like obvious like that's the problem you can use a formula but it can't be that obvious it can't be that straightforward so i yeah it was just bad i think the um, problem though like the, the the reason is they were doing the show like it was a take on it was a parody on tmz and that's how the show is so it's kind of tough to be like it should have been less formulaic when they were kind of abiding by what they were doing like you know what I mean? You can satirize the show without making it so obviously a formula. Don't have the queen that's in the next thing introduce them and talk about them every time. Do it a couple times and mix it together. Like, mix it in. Like, yeah. it's but just... I think production thought that that, was, that would be funny for them. Right. And they're not making a good choice. Well, <laughs> plus, it, it also eliminates the... the I, I guess, in a sense, like, the shade throwing because if Alexis was talking about Shay's character or 
or Shay's persona in the video, then it would have to be like, oh, well, you weren't throwing enough shade or you weren't whatever. Like if they're just talking about themselves, it lends itself to be like, dude, she's so hot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the shade makes it meta, which makes it funnier. I Well, no, I think for a drag show, it would have been a lot funnier if they had talked about each other and thrown some shade but yeah and i th- they, they were trying to really be like uber sexist and yeah. it even no, made me, and, i felt like i threw up in my mouth a little bit even just doing it a second ago and 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 as much as like i like the, the satire of that is it makes sense right to be to to really t- crank up the sexism but again people haven't seen she, uh, the real show but also like it, it didn't get to that level where it landed as satire it just felt like Oh, I see what you're doing there. Okay. Again, Saturday Night Live sketch. They got a premise, and, and depending on the era, of course, but they got a premise, they do the premise, and you're like, cool. And then nothing beyond the premise, and you're just like, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But I mean, the segments are good. And so, like, uh, I, I guess we're talking about, uh, are we talking about those now? The, yeah, let's, let's okay. just dive right into them. Um, let's talk in the order that they aired, I believe, uh, Shay and Alexis being the first up, what did you guys think of their performance as fake housewives of Tuckahoe? I thought it was fine. Um, the, the thing I didn't necessarily get from them was that Shay was an icy queen who was being fired for being too fake and that that is separate from Alexis being a messy queen who was fired for being too messy. They both just seemed like... They were both too messy? <laughs> real housewives who were fired, you know? I mean, for being too Who are too both messy and, yeah. yeah, icy. I don't know. So I don't know the real housewives genre at all. Somehow I've magically been able to stay away from it. Uh, even watching, like, way back, like, the Talk, talk Soup-derived shows or... or uh, you know, what's his name's uh, Netflix show. Um, I've just, I, I get little tiny bits. So I think, like, I just don't know if I missed that satire because of that. But yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, they're getting catty. They're fighting. Okay, they're, 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 I swear they've done the bit where they've taken the, the pillows out of their, or the fake pregnancy things before. I swear I've seen that bit on Drag Race. But I have to go back and maybe... Maybe you're Fine. just thinking about when they put the fake pregnancy pillows on to do the runway in season four. Yeah. No, I really feel like they did a they did a, they did a sketch like they did a thing like this where maybe it was you know it might be was there a sketch where one of them was like shoplifting or like they were hiding something besides this current episode? We'll <laughs> I was like to. later that, in this episode. <laughs> that but they've done I, I think they've done that before too. Anyway, it, it what was the last time they did the improv challenge? Was it with Trinity? They do them and, every season. No, no. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. The, the ones out. The ones outside. The the ones that are shot like uh, more like a not a movie, but they're shot outside. They're not on stage. Uh, oh, Trinity. It was, I just remember Akira doing yeah, her season twerking. eleven. Season eleven did outside. Yeah. I, I think that might have been the only one. No, they did one. I think Willem was talking about they did one somewhere way back too, but. Anyway, uh, well, they, uh, they they used to take them outside in the early seasons, and then they didn't take them outside because they used to go like they went shopping. Um, yeah, like season two, walked the. Uh, they worked the they worked the corner. All stars one, they um, they did that challenge where they had to have uh, people like they had to get people to do things for them. But after like season four, 
I think because the show started to really gain traction and popularity, they couldn't risk putting them outside because then people would know, oh, these queens are still there. Oh, I saw this queen, whatever. So they've really kind of been inside. And I, I honestly want to even feel like the season 11 and All-Stars 5 with these skits being done outside aren't a very controlled area like by the World of Wonder oh, or, sure. you know, wherever their stage is. So that way they can be like, okay, well, we're outside or we can block this off. Mm. As opposed to Sonique trying to sell, you know, um, cherry pie, cherry (laughs) pie tickets, not sherry pie, cherry pie. (laughs) Make sure we know this. With a C. (laughs) Did we we talk about the Lee Dawson supercuts of season, um, what was the last season? 10, 12, 12, 12. Have we talked about how they treat sherry pie in those? You mentioned it for the, the fracking thing, but not for the sherry pie thing. They... <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> You've got to find the video. Of oh Bob my God. Oh, it... <laughs> oh. And at one point, Bob and Peppermint, literally, it looks like it's synchronized. <laughs> Go, um, go on to Twitter. Okay, so not only you, Brian, but everybody listening. Go on to Twitter. Um, go to at, I think it's Age of Aquaria is Aquaria's handle. And go to the media side and scroll back because it's, it's, it's a bit ago. Um, but you'll see one where she did her makeup and had painted the fingers across her mouth. If you go into the comments, somebody posted, it's like a 15 or 20 second clip from Bob and Peppermint's um, IG Live. And where I think Bob makes a comment about RuPaul. And an article about RuPaul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show about reading the article. And, and then Peppermint's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's Peppermint says, oh, I saw an article about RuPaul. And then Bob says, oh, about the fracking. <laughs> and then Peppermint's like, not that one. <laughs> and then they just fall out like left to right, <laughs> like, a, like a metronome of just amazing go find it and watch it you will you will cackle when you see this all right i've got that tab open but you guys <laughs> got to go watch the lee dawson i i'm uh, so behind on my lee dawson videos it's so i bad. mean it's only it's only like episode five of season 12 right that far behind yeah no they're not they're not even <laughs> close to yeah you got plenty of time but no they the way they treat sherry is great because it's very uh like like her face is blurred out <laughs> and they'll like do other like audio things to like it, it's it's yeah I, I recommend it that's phenomenal i'm gonna have to watch this I, lee dawson is not the only one that does these type of recaps but after watching like blaze amaze and um some of these other ones i personally in my personal opinion think that lee dawson does some of the best um recaps out there and he oh, yeah. seems to be the one that the queens themselves watch and respond to. Yeah, and he goes to, he's been to, um, oh, I'm sorry. So Aquaria is um, at Aquaria Official. I think oh, yeah. she's Age of Aquaria on maybe Instagram or something else. I, I really, I feel like that's a different one. But Her website is Age of Aquaria, I think. Okay. Her, I was uh, going to say, I know that she has done, I, I know that at some points in time, like somewhere in the World Wide Web, she's Age of Aquaria. Oh, God, um, she, she tweeted a gif of Ludicolo 
from the the Detective Pikachu movie. <laughs> so scary. Oh, is that what that is? Ludicolo, yes. He's oh, behind gosh. the bar serving drinks in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yes. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um so so the first sketch, like overall, it was fine. Like I think they wisely the producers played up this whole drama that's brewing with the, between the two of them and they are both very professional have done this for a while could work with that as the angle knew what the producers were looking for and and played it up but you know it was not amazing it was not hilarious it was it was fine all right so i'm gonna pause this here and i'm gonna put this I, so this is gonna be part of the episode so we can enjoy this all need us right here we go all right do y'all see it uh yes okay let's see hold on i'm gonna pause this so you listening will be able to hear this but you have to go out and see the video itself about drag race did you see that article from instinct magazine oh the fracking no no not that oh (laughs) (laughs) about drag race did you see that article from instinct magazine oh the fracking (laughs) oh the fracking (laughs) so if you go if you go to at aquaria official on twitter Scroll back. It's actually not that far back if you go to the media tab um, and you'll see Aquaria as a boy with the, the fingers painted on, on his face. Just go to show thread and it literally was the first thing that popped up is that video. Go watch so, it. It's hysterical. So did that come first? Yes, that video happened and then Aquaria and then did she that. reacted. Yes, and I think, I, I want to say somebody made a mask, like a, a face covering mask that actually had the fingers on it like that. Now, is the joke that if they talk about fracking as a drag race queen, that, that, that World Wonder and RuPaul are going to come after him? Kind of, kind of. I, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, the whole like, oh, you're talking to my mother. Shh, nobody talk about her. Did, speaking of Ru, though, did you see on Instagram that she scrubbed a lot of her account? She scrubbed everything. Yeah, she's gone. Everything's gone. What the fuck is that about? I, I don't, I want to say... I think- Probably her publicist found something. But why would you... I mean, is that what you do? You just scrub the whole thing because you don't trust anything? Yeah. And, um, I mean, it depends on what's going on and what you're doing it for because artists have been known to do it and it's an attention grabber because all of your fans are following you, whatever, and then they go to your your page and there's nothing. Um, it creates buzz because people are talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Because Taylor, um, Taylor Swift does it before an album release. So she will, because it's like, it's a new era. And I, I love Taylor and I, I, I don't mean to sound like I'm like being dismissive of it, but it's, it's definitely a PR and a marketing ploy, but you, you don't want to be associated with that previous era in a sense. And you're ushering in this new, this new era. So she will scrub everything and go back to like have because you can archive it you can download everything and you have all of these backups but then you scrub everything and then all of a sudden it's like you put these um teasers and like this countdown or whatever and it it, it generates more buzz for you than anything you can do 
is if you are a high profile uh, figure and all of a sudden you just erase your entire social media. I guess RuPaul isn't on Twitter because I'm on Twitter right now and I'm trying to find her. Is and... she gone? Well, no, like I know on Instagram, you can still find the account. There's just nothing there. But on Twitter, I have nothing at all. So No, no, it's been deactivated and deleted and gone. Interesting. Hmm. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you posted, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them just falling out. Honestly, Bob and Peppermint are both amazing queens in their own right. They're both New York queens. But um, especially as of late, as this cultural revolution is happening within the U.S., have become just like this together have become like a paragon of just amazing and again as i don't think we've talked about it on the show but we all know that it's not up to black people to teach us how to actually be better people or what is wrong but bob and peppermint have gone out of the way as activists to put up videos about intersect um intersectionality I'm trying to say that correctly. Um, they've done a lot of these videos where it just, they talk about so many things that people really should be paying attention to right now. So if you do not follow um, Bob the Drag Queen, if you do not follow Peppermint247, I think um, Bob's Twitter handle is that one queen, at that one queen. And Peppermint is uh, Peppermint247. Go follow them, go watch their videos, go onto YouTube and look them up because they will teach you a thing or two that you, you may think that you are woke and that you are the best ally. Go watch those videos. They will show you how you can take it to the next level and just be that much better of an ally. The more you know. <laughs> Um, I will say this about Alexis and Shay's uh, improv scene. I damn near lost it. One, I thought, I was like, wow, I know Alexis has put on weight, which is fine. Alexis does a great job in drag. I don't know why that R just wants to come out. A great job in drag. But I, when I saw her originally in the scene, I was like, damn. That is not a flattering angle. She looks huge. And then it played into the whole fake pregnancy thing. Yeah. But when she grabbed the food and was like, oh, we don't let good food go to waste, it started shoving it in her titties. <laughs> I wasn't overall sold on the entire scene until that moment. And then I was like, okay, yes. It's, it's nice when a queen gets comfortable enough with their improv partner and whatever they're doing to start doing those moments because it's like they always criticize Cracker for being in her head too much. She's overthinking it and it's then very just controlled and sort of you, you just can see the wheels turning. But that was a moment when Alexis just, and it was brilliant. That, that was, yeah, you're right. That was definitely one of the best moments of that sketch. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's funny to watch. Like it, Alexis has always had moments that you just sit there and you go that's just funny and it's it's a different thing like you go back to all stars too and i think when 
I think Oral and I were recapping those and I've always had an issue with Alyssa Edwards. I'm, a, I, I'm getting the fan base riled up right now. <laughs> I've always had a problem because she skates by on being effortlessly funny. She just, she makes a face or whatever. And like she, she gets a pass because she's funny. Alexis has never gotten that free of a pass, but she is effortlessly funny. And it's starting to be shown in stuff like this because she can make those comments. She can make those jokes and she's reclaiming power because she receives so much unwarranted hate. I don't even want to say hate. Let me, let me scale that back a little bit. Unwarranted and unprovoked comments about her weight and about a lot of things, you know, from a physical appearance. And it makes me so mad that people will jump out of their way to be like, Oh my God, she's gained so much weight. Oh, she's so fat now. First off, there are plus queens that y'all fucking love. So what does it fucking matter if she's gained weight? Two, you don't know her life. You know, she opened up a lot on Hey Queen about the struggles and the challenges that she faced in her own personal life. When she was with Jeffrey, that was not a healthy relationship for either. I'm not, I don't know them personally. Um, I know of them through the pageant world, through other people, and I've heard a lot of things. But I'm not going to sit here and, and, and cast any sort of aspersions towards any person. But they did not have a healthy relationship. And the fact that they are now past that, and she's not in that relationship, he's not in that relationship, I'm just happy that they are able to move past it. I'm happy that Alexis is able to own who she is right now. And to be able to make jokes like that is owning. Yeah, I'm heavier now. Whatever. Fuck you. You can say whatever you want, but this is, this is me and this is who I am and fuck you all. And to a, a smaller extent, a lot of people tend to kind of find the funny in her English being her second language and kind of like all these little fun things but like to see all of this and to see her kind of rise rise to the challenge and make those like fun jokes and those types of things it it, it really made me very happy to see her uh, excel in that way so I think it was the best of the three challenges no I don't think any of these really exceeded expectations so much that I'd be like oh my god I want to see an improv with these two or these three but I thought it was funny. Who's Jeffrey? Uh, Jeffrey Kelly is Alexis's ex ex boyfriend, who right. was also uh, he's been a major title holder in. Oh, okay. So he's uh, also in the drag world. Got it. He, okay. well, no, no, no. Yes, but no. Oh, he, he's on the other. He's side. a male. He's a male um, male pageant Got performer. It. So he's been like, I want to. I don't quote me on this but he'd be like a Mr. Continental, a Mr. Pride yeah. of South Florida, like those types of things. He, he has been those. He has held major titles in the male pageant world. Got it. But they are, yeah, they were toxic as fuck for each other. So it's good to see somebody escape that and, and really do well. And the same for him. Again, I'm not trying to say that one is 
better or or more so than the other for both of them i want to see people grow and and get out of those relationships and find people that are gonna help them be better so moving on to juju blair st Clair, and miss cracker what did y'all think about this scene i thought miss cracker and juju did a good job i'm not saying blair did a bad job she was just kind of there she got lost no i mean she got yeah Yeah. i mean in this and we'll talk about in the next episode as well i don't think it's not that she hasn't grown she's a lot more confident in herself but she doesn't own herself in a way and has quite the level of confidence as these other queens do She's also still very green. She's young yeah. and new to this whole thing. So it's tough to be at that same level right away. And she she did fine. I, I 100% agree with you. She just, she just kind of faded into the background. You have, when you have two very strong personalities like Cracker and Jujubee, mm-hmm. it's tough. No, but they did a great job. They were funny. And I think Cracker in these moments, especially when they started almost making out or doing that whole thing, like that was, again, where whatever her plan going in, I don't I don't know if that was in the plan, but the plan wasn't obvious and, and up front. It was just a reaction. It was a natural reaction to the situation. Oh, so, I, they had plenty of time to outline what they were going to do. And I'm sure as far as Ms. Cracker, the way that she plans everything out in her head, I'm sure it was one of her storylines that she was like, I can go to this but, but the, in the take- her diagram of... Right, but the takeaway is you didn't see that. That's the difference. Like, when you yeah. see him, when you see the intent that it's distracting, it's not natural, she, and that moment, like we were talking about, transcended yeah. and hid that. Yeah. So it was just a natural reaction of the situation, and that's what they need. And it's hard. I mean, I'm not good at it. I know I'm not good at that. But it's it's something that this challenge and and the next episode we're going to talk about. That's all. It, that's it's all it's about, really. And it's yeah, it's tough. But yeah, Blair got lost. Yeah, the the, the almost making out scene definitely was probably the best of all three scenes. Like that tension was probably the best thing out of every single one of these scenes. Um, I don't think I have much to to add on to what you guys have already said. So um, I realize that I I try to not talk as much now. Like I, in editing these episodes, I realize that I talk a lot. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm the Alaska to you guys being the Willem of this podcast to put it in a race chaser kind of format. So I, I feel like I need to throw out. Like, I'm going to set the scene for you all, and you guys talk about it. So you're just going to be more Dipper Tina? Oh, no. I definitely... Definitely. <laughs> well, we can hear Absolutely. you talk. I mean, you're not Dipper because we can't barely understand what you're saying half the time. Because for some reason, even now, after how long? They haven't he has a microphone on. now, and especially now because they're all on Zoom. So he's recording his own audio. <laughs> and why can you not ever hear him clearly? I, it bothers their, their production bothers me so much sometimes. Because I'm like, just give him a mic. He's part of the show. He like, does have a mic now, though. But Maybe he, he needs- tries to talk with some food in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Rook, <laughs> of it all. <laughs> we 
probably does because that boy likes to eat. But like, no, really, like, why don't they just like he should be on the mic? Like, he should be forward on the mic, like he's a part of the show. Well, yes, I, I mean, I get where they were coming from because Dipper is the if you're gonna talk in 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 drag Q ratings, Dipper is not the um, Q ratings. That is um, okay. I don't know the absolute definition of it. But Q ratings are what they give to celebrities based off of their public appeal. Oh. So in a drag world, when you have drag queens hosting a podcast discussing a drag show. Right. Why is he there? Alaska, Willem, and then down way, way, way down is Dipper. Plus, I'm sure when they started, this wasn't such a, a huge thing for them. So they probably didn't have as much equipment and were just operating off of um, two microphones and not having one for Dipper. Um, with them doing this via Zoom now, he's definitely more vocal. But And as, as kind of, I think, time goes on, he's become part of the entire show to so much so that when he does chime in, and of course, it, it's, it's funny... When we talk formulaic, okay, so full disclosure to our listening audience, we don't have a script. <laughs> we, what? <laughs> I think we're way back, I think way back, <laughs> like we're talking like 2012 or something, I wrote outlines of the episodes and I might have kept that for like a year. And at, you learn, you're like, okay, yeah, it's nice to collect your thoughts, but come on. Well, and the funny part is like, so you say 2012. I could probably see that because I, I, and I mean, even up until like maybe two years ago, we had an outline of like, here are the topics in the different categories, right? but we didn't write out scripts. We didn't have this, this whole thing. And it's, it's kind of funny to me, at least as being a podcast creator, being an editor, and then listening to other content that's being created, when you hear kind of when you can when you know that they're reading here is the script that was written out when you're a game show like um ask me another they have a whole script there's obviously improv parts but they have things that are written out because um being there for a live taping uh you know that when they finish the show they go back and do pickups and they go okay let's go to page 11 this line and Ophira or Jonathan will have to say a line again. So we don't have all of that. And in part, it's because we'll pull up things to reference. Like we have a, a, the fandom wiki page up and we have these things to go off of. But we don't sit there and go, okay, this is the thing that we're going to say or this is what we're going to talk about. Because one, apparently this is one of the only times I actually drink anymore during this pandemic. And I can't keep track of shit no more. <laughs> and we, it, it just, we kind of like to have that feel of like, let's just talk about whatever yeah. it is. And we go into diatribes, we go into things, we, we pull up audio of uh, Peppermint and Bob the Dry Queen, you know, talking about RuPaul fracking, whatever the case is. So it, it just, we're going to break that illusion right now that we're all sitting here and having, you know, this this whole detailed outline of all this stuff. And, and you know, I, I hope that one day Dipper can just 
break free of that mold. And so, so we're at the end of page five now, right? Exactly. Um, so you had all that memorized. Turn page now. <laughs> Ding. I'm thinking Paul Harvey, page six or whatever he does. Um, so the third sketch. So oh, I feel yeah. like that's my favorite. And it's my favorite because it's so weird, but it's also so awkward, but it's also so like, I think they had the most fun. Like when they're talking about it later, even the way that the whole thing ends up, it's clear that Mayhem and India had a great time. Both of them felt probably not confident in their abilities. And yet they produced one of the weirdest turns of a, of a sketch like that. Like it felt like something from an absurdist sketch comedy show. And I love that. That's what I want. I want my drag queens to be absurdist and bizarre. And like whenever Rue gets to do her weird shit during All-Stars, it's like my favorite moments of the show. So that was this for me. No, absolutely. And I, I, it's weird because normally when queens have a tough time, they come back into the workroom and they're like, oh, I fucked that up. And these queens came back and they were like, oh my God, we're going to be in the top. Like, this was great. And it shows you how production and them choosing what they show us plays into it because those gaps and those long, like drawn out pieces obviously happened because they're filmed but you could edit that into a tight compact thing and have it be so much different and show so much differently versus what we saw but you also see what happens when you have two people who necessarily aren't good at improv acting against each other who this is not their strong thing and then yeah, they can go ahead and build each other up that, yeah, we did a great job. And we think that because they don't have a good person to compare themselves to. True. Absolutely true. If you had thrown Jujube, switch out Jujube and Mayhem. Put Mayhem in the, the college admission scandal and put um, Juju with India in that scene. It'd be a whole different ball game because they have because you have a good partner that, that you're able to riff off of. For sure. And you wouldn't have had, like, in the India scene, if Juju was there, you wouldn't have those awkward silences from the Mayhem character if Juju was there because she would have answered right back. Yeah. I think it's a little tough for the this scene because the whole premise is that India or the, or the klepto queen is caught in the act and it becomes this whole like that's not the scene she has left the the store she is in the parking lot like and then they come up and they talk to her and then uh, like the whole thing just seems really out of whack the setup was not solid like that it didn't make sense but that's well, okay I mean because the weird way it goes like you you take out the licket and, and even the drop, because the way they shot that, the, the vase drop or whatever, those were funny. Those were like legit funny beats. But like you take that out of it and you're right. You're left with very awkward. Uh, like I, I, I feel like it's like they, they unintentionally did a Tim and Eric sketch. 
like the anti-comedy stuff that's like a, a popular of these kids uh, the kids today like their anti-comedy and i feel like that's what they inadvertently made which is this awkward uh yeah they just, they didn't yes and each other because no one said anything and they just kind of like looked at each other like uh, who's going you going i'm going going like do you think the licking thing was always supposed to be part of the sketch like from production or do you think that that was actually an india and mayhem invention when they were sitting down and prepping their skit because it is such a hard turn it really it really was and I... because neither of the other sketches had that no like not. not that hard of a turn i don't it's know it's so weird, and this is the thing about dissecting reality television or unscripted television, is you never quite know what was intended and what wasn't, because you're right. There, none of the none of the other two skits had such a hard turn, but at the same time, it's like you kind of feel like it had to have been planned. One, because you have to figure out a way that this is going to work and you then have to have the sugar glass bases and as um shay points out in untucked like granted that sugar glass but that should hit the ground and then they get on the floor and licking it there had to be some gravel in there so like that's a you have to commit to that that can't just be something that is all of a sudden kind of decided upon yeah you have to figure that out, whether it was um, India and Mayhem that decided that and then like worked it out with production that had to go through and do all of this stuff. It, it was planned, no matter what it was. And it just seemed like so many different aspects of like stories, like Ariana licking the donut, Winona Ryder being the shoplifter, like there were so many different things am amalgamized. I don't care if that's not a word. That's going to be my word for right now because I've been drinking. Um, it, it was such an amalgam of of so many different no, it's, stories. It's a, it, however, the sausage is made. It it's. You never want to yeah. see how the sausage is made. <laughs> and uh, and maybe maybe it was just their performance because maybe the hard turn in the Shay and Alexis one was the pregnancy reveal. Maybe the hard turn in the Jujubee and Ms. Cracker one was them being in a relationship together. And it was just that their performance made it a lot smoother of a transition versus the India and Mayhem were... Yeah, I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but those aren't such hard turns in what they're talking about. Like, in their scenes. Right. There's... Yeah, there's material there that naturally flows into it. Whereas Lick It, after the, I mean, they did introduce it with, I have a problem. You know, I want to, you know, like they kind of seeded it a little bit, but it, yeah, it was a harder turn. But it say. went from, it went from shoplifting to my strange addiction to licking to, oh, I like to watch people lick things. Like it turned into this whole weird, yes. weird thing. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, well, one of these two is going home. I feel like they didn't know which one they wanted to send home at that point. But they yeah. were like, you two queens, are, one of y'all is the next to go. Yeah. So we're <laughs> going to put y'all together and give you this really <laughs> shitty scene. 
and go. And I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get it a hundred percent, but those were the three scenes. The runway uh, theme for this week is camo. Come on, camo couture. And they're going to bring it, bring it, bring it to the runway. Let's talk. Let's talk camo. We're, I'm going to go backwards according to this website that we're looking at. Because again, we're not watching it as it happens. Um, because we're in three different places and um, none of us have a subscription to watch it at the same time. And uh, <laughs> we hey, are man, all... Speak for yourselves. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, Eric and I are, are sharing a Philo account. So. <laughs> I, I, I also am sharing a Philo account. It's not the same one. <laughs> Listen, I mean, apparently Philo, you can have up to three people watching at the same time. So, And it's 20 bucks a month. It's not bad. Bish, I'm not mad about it. Let's, I, I downgraded my Hulu, which is so weird when you go to watch, like when you're so used to seeing certain options and there are shows that you're like, I'm going to watch this soon. And then you go to watch it after you've downgraded off of live TV. And it's like, this isn't available. God damn it. <laughs> the only thing about the Philo thing that it's driving me crazy is those commercials where they're like, be normal, take a nap. <laughs> go for a walk and it's not the words that are supposed to be reassuring because they're, they're whatever fine it's the music the music is creepy as fuck and now i'm starting to have like this pavlovian reaction to when it comes on that i'm like i need to go take a nap i need to go to de-stress and i'm getting stressed thinking about it it's it's if you've seen it uh I, we'll, we'll have to find yeah, a clip yeah, I, of it i, I skipped the commercials can you it. oh i didn't even, on, did you... on the computer i watch it oh, on the shit. computer and well, skip it and if you watch it not live <laughs> i completely forgot for for a hot second uh on friday night i forgot that i was in central <laughs> and i waited until 8 p.m i like i was watching worst cooks in america and i was like okay it's just about time for for drag race it's almost eight o'clock and then i started to watch and i was like Oh shit, we're an hour into the show. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. Well, at least I can skip through the commercials. I need to find that button. <laughs> because see, cause see, in the past, I've watched it way after, like at midnight or something like that. And then it ha still has the commercials there when I'm watching it on my Apple TV on the app. But if I watch it on the website, it allows me to fast forward through the commercials. Well, then Apple TV needs to get with the program. I watch it on my Roku. And as soon as it, as soon as I'm back any bit behind it, I can fast forward through it. Although I will say this, I am impressed and I am amazed. They have um, they have these commercial and forgive me, I'm not going to remember it right now. But they have um, there is a an organization that is working with the trans community to have them change their names and their gender identities on their IDs so that way they can, and, and pushing for that to happen so that way they can vote with identification that matches their outward appearance and their gender identity as it stands now, post-transition or, or during their transition, I should say, because not everybody is at that point where they're post-transition. Um, and, and that is quite honestly amazing. And seeing organizations like this, if you're in Orlando, 
And um, obviously right now during the pandemic, it, this isn't a thing or this isn't something that is going to be able to be done right this second. But there is an organization called Bliss, B-L-I-S-S, in Orlando. And they actually have a program for the trans community where they, it's, it's like a class. It's a, um, it's like a summer class. It's a 13 week or it's however long the program is but they go through um, kind of living as the new you and having those, like being able to basically express who you are and they will do outings where you go out and no matter where you are on your transition journey and you go out as the person you are and you go out as a trans man or a trans woman and you you go through all this and you kind of learn, learn to live in your authentic self. And if you do not miss a class and you go through this whole program at the end of it, they not only will go with you to the courthouse to fill out your paperwork and do everything to, um, to make it legal in the, in the, in your identification to be who you are, but they will also pay for the uh, the paperwork and for the entire process to have your ID changed to reflect the your your truth and who you are. So find those organizations, check out those commercials, check out like you know do all that and and find these ways because it is costly, it is time consuming to go through these steps, but you should not have to n- not live your truth and not live who you are. And there are ways to help get you to that, that next step or that final step, whatever, wherever you are on that journey and, and really just take that next step. So yeah, there's a, it's trans lifeline. Trans lifeline. And uh, there's uh, this reminded me of a TikTok, a uh, little improv thing, basically a sketch, nice sketch, a uh, comedy routine. This trans, uh, this trans man, he's there. This trans woman she's doing. It's, it's like, you know, there's all this interest in, uh, you know, what do you have? What do I have in my pants? Well, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to finish my, my sex or my transition. Like, like there was like this whole line because so many trans people don't, you know, they're at various points in their, in their transition because of money. Yep. It is incredibly expensive. And this is where I get like, so it, it makes me almost laugh when people are like, Oh, they're just trying to scam such and such so they can go to the different restroom or they can they can do this or that. It's like, are you kidding me? Nobody's got time. Nobody's got the money. Nobody's got the commitment. Do you know what is involved to have to do all that? Like, you think that's why? Come on, come on. Absolutely. I mean, um, it's, it, was, it was Sasha's assistant, Vigor Vigor Mortis, who was um, going to work with Sasha, and I, I didn't keep up with this, and I wish I had. Um, was Sasha was going to do like a pin or a pin collection or, or something along those lines to help raise money for Vigor's um, top surgery. And like these things are not, these things aren't covered in health insurance. These things are not like, they're not deemed by the people in charge as medically necessary. So you have to put so much money out of pocket and then and go through all of this. So if you are if you are a a trans individual and you are looking for support and you're looking for um for ways to kind of help 
aid in the in your journey look google find in your in your area find trans lifeline find these organizations that are out there and and there are organizations out there to help you so just do that and i'm getting all like emotional i'm drinking and it's a new fucking dawn and it's a new day and i'm feeling drunk um (laughs) get it together get it together no it's just you know it's it's so weird like we're coming off the fourth of july and i'm of such of two minds that like so many people on my facebook feed were like there's nothing to celebrate about this country and i'm not i don't feel that way like i feel like yes there's a lot to be pissed off about about the u.s right now and there's so much negative but there are so many organizations and groups and people that are working towards bettering this world for marginalized groups that if this country wasn't founded, if we didn't have this, this country and we didn't have this world as it is right now, those groups wouldn't be there. So I want to celebrate the good things that are out there and the good things that are done while still condemning the things that are, are making it so difficult to be who you want to be and to be like, just be yourself without being persecuted for it. So anywho, that's, that's my little, my little soapbox moment. (laughs) So let's talk about this camo runway. This is like the most uh, tangent filled and (laughs) like, it's that Listen. concept that I always wanted where you start a topic and then you go completely off forever. I know. Thankfully, I'm still remembering where we're coming back. Although last time we did this, when I'm, I, I didn't pull it back to where we were. I just kept like, let's just keep rolling. <laughs> so let's talk about, come on, camo couture. Ugh, gross. Oh, I love some of these. I just I, like camo. Camo's stupid. I don't. Camo can be. But some of these queens, I think, took it to a place and a level that was far beyond what you think of with camo. Yes. Well, like, let's say Blair St. Clair. Um, not really camo, but I liked it. It looked like she was Groot. Or <laughs> uh, what's Treebeard? <laughs> like, you know, or, Har- or yeah, or Harley Quinn. Like, uh, not Harley Quinn. Um, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. That's, wow, they're, they're two neurons apart there. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, no. They're kind of yeah, together-ish. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, like you, you kind of can take this as a starting point and do something interesting. I'm saying I just camo as a thing is ridiculous. If you ever want to hear a hilarious story or, or look into it, read about why the Navy went away from blue camo and went back to green camo and the whole nonsensical bureaucratic nightmare farce that is that whole thing it's it's fantastic it just is it because nothing blends into blue camo basically that was sort of the uh it was like a naive idea that oh they're on the water blue camo makes more sense and at first thought you're like okay yeah i guess that kind of makes. but but then you have all these people on shore duty who are like yeah but we're not on the water Anyway, and in logistics, it's a whole thing. It's a great if you if you enjoyed Space Force and you want to read about military contracting and uh, any of that world, uh, that's a great example of just ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, so camo is whatever. And hunters, okay, sure, yeah, hunters need camo, I guess, so they can sneak up on the deer or whatever the fuck. I don't know. 
it's just it was a weird choice i was not expecting rupaul to go camo but fracking i mean you know she maybe she's into hunting too I, she's in wherever you know yeah anyway <laughs> i did speaking, like alexis i did like oh, alexis speaking of blue camo shea coulee in yes. full-out fucking latex blue camo with a blue camo watering can Mm-hmm. to fucking die for Loved the wig it. is my favorite i love the high wig and the fact that she's got the uh i don't even know what that's called uh, uh shawl ne- neckerchief kind of wrapped around it it's yeah it's it's lovely um cracker did a very um a very neutral take on it it was cute i didn't think it was anything outside of the ordinary or super couture in my perspective from from my perspective i should say i didn't like her boobs they were like i i don't know like i am not saying that i need every queen to have voluptuous breasts and and certainly you know women who are small but you know whatever it's a statement but they just it looks weird it like didn't, it looks it didn't look like it would actually work right right yeah. they were not functional breast cups no matter the size of your breast, they did not look functional yeah. at all. Um, Juju B also did a very um, green camo. I liked her little shawl, her little cape. And I mean, honestly, Juju's look gorgeous, I think, on every single runway so far. India, I- India's makeup looked phenomenal. No one can fault India for her makeup skills ever. I didn't think it was a great outfit. But I, I don't hate it. I don't I hate it. I didn't she think looks it was like a superhero-y or vil- more like a villainess, you know? Like she's got this like if if you told me that she was a G.I. Joe villainess, like she was the new Baroness, like whatever, I could see it. I could go for that little they, figure. Well, I mean, yeah. She kind of loses shape. Like even even though she has that, the big belt around her waist, it's it's very boxy. I'm all about that Japanese look. As uh, you know, anyone who knows me even slightly knows I'm obsessed with Japan and the culture, and I think that obi uh, the 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 is 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 perfect. I love it. I think if it wasn't such a large and clunky camo pattern, yeah. If it was more like. If you look at Juju's, it's a very subdued camo pattern. And then you look at India's, that camo pattern is what you are talking about, Brian, like when you talk camo. Yeah, it's day glow, nonsensical camo equivalent. It's it's yeah. very chunky. It's very it's very early 2000s bare cargo shorts. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the other reason I don't like uh, cargo or not cargo, uh, camo shorts because the bear community kind of ruined it for everyone. They ruined it for everybody. For yes, sure. they ruined it. That's right. Ruined. Um, uh, Mayhem. Let's talk. Okay. Do we want to talk positive or negative first? End on a positive, baby. Okay. Know. So let's talk mayhem. Her hair love, and makeup looked great. Yeah. Stunning. I love her. I like the pink camo, though it's funny looking at this now. The way her crotch is cut, she looks like she has camel toe, which is kind of hilarious now that I see it. And, and I think that's just because of the pads that she wears. I think that's, you're right. 
Oh Probably. And I mean, I think if her boots were the same look, yep. if she had covered her okay. boots in that same fabric and it was a whole look from head to toe, but camo, you're supposed to blend in. Yeah. <laughs> and if your boots are bright white like that, no matter what, first off, okay, y- y'all know I am a sucker for pink. This did not read pink at all yeah. at first. Salmon. It, it wasn't until they talked about it and it was like, oh, I love the pink camo. I was like, oh shit, that is pink. And it just, I mean, colors don't always represent themselves well on a stage under bright lights in high definition. What it looks like in person could come across much different when it's on television. But the fact that those boots, and then like she has that piece above the boots that is in the camo, just makes it even bigger of a transition and bigger of a shock to be like, okay, here's these white ass boots. Like she could have taken the boots. I mean, I don't know how hard it is to get boots in the right color, but, or dye them. But like, even if you picked one of the colors in that camo pattern and match the boots, I think it, that works better. It would have been a, a ridiculous. Cause those look like either pleather or patent leather or oh, okay. however you want to refer to it. But had she done some sort of covering? Oh, covered it, yeah. She could have done a fabric covering that would have gone, even it had, had it been um, in stirrup fashion, where it didn't cover the whole boot, but it went down to the bottom and it looped underneath and went all the way up to her thigh and then attached to where the garters are. And because I will say this, garters are military grade. Like that is that is a thing. Um, not always that high up. Usually they're right around <laughs> the shit area. But, yeah. you know. What is it holding in place? Well, pads. Yep. Well, the funny part is, it, the, so not everybody knows, my dad was a Marine. And my mom used to tell me that my dad actually um, lost a lot of the hair around his, his um, shin and calves because Marines had to wear garters because they had to hold their socks up. They, Marines, and I'm sure other um, military branches also had the same kind of things, but you are held to a certain standard. Your socks have to be like, have to always be up and at like, have that tension. So you have the garters around your, your calves and they hold the socks up. So kind of in that same, the same vein. So instead of just being something that, almost looks like it holds the socks up inside of those white boots put it outside put the camo outside i think the pads are also really distracting because the 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 the, the nylons or the whatever the pantyhose that she's using it doesn't doesn't look like skin tone exactly maybe more here in this picture i'm looking at because it's just her front and center um but it, it just doesn't it's not a good illusion i don't know yeah. like i mean willem talked about no matchy syndrome your face, no match your chest, no match your pads. Um, but honestly, top to bottom, I, that bitch is matched. Face, yeah, matched arms, legs. Maybe it's the texture. I don't know. It, it just, or there's it like a the shine. The stockings. There's a shine the to it that makes yeah. it. Uh, anyway, it's, it's in this picture. I, I don't remember in the episode it being distracting, but in this picture, it's distracting. No, she definitely, she definitely was not a victim of no matchy syndrome there. She, she looked stunning. It just didn't work. And when they called her out of like, 
well, what's the story? And she's like, well, I'm GI Barbie oh, going God. to war. It's like, well, yeah, no. Those boots wouldn't be going to war, Ms. Mayhem. But let's let's talk about who I thought was the standout because of how she did, how she tackled this challenge. Alexis Mateo doing a very Snow Queen, very like winter camouflage look. This is how you take something as gross in a drag world as camo and make it stunning. I thought this was a flawless look. It's really well done. And it's so such a departure from everybody else that it really stands out. Well, she took the concept of camo as a way to disguise yourself and did it. I, people kept saying hunting camo. I was like, oh, but it's because she's covered in like these leaves, like this pattern of these leaves on a white snowy background. And it's elegant. It's very elegant. It looks uh, like she could be a, a Disney uh, princess. I don't know. Has Elsa ever looked like this? I have no idea. That is an actual camo pattern that hunters use in the wintertime. That has like the fake leaves drawn on yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it, so it's a camo that doesn't look like camo, I guess. Um, not the standard what we as civilians right, or right. as non-hunters it doesn't like military camo. military right. camo or yeah. whatever so uh, no it's great and the makeup's good and the, the way she added the leaves to her face it's like all of it's nice and the thing the is wig. It's, it's camo couture like there's two parts to the the theme and the um, the look it's got to be couture and honestly this is couture to me from head to toe out of the park if her if her performance in the skit had been stronger i think she would have been a a rival for the top spot for the week yeah but we have she is not the top as a spoiler alert for you all um the winner of the maxi challenge is ms cracker we have the bottom two being india and mayhem and our lip sync assassin which i don't necessarily agree with she's a fierce queen but on the show i don't understand this being a lip sync assassin morgan mcmichaels there's a lot of confusing stuff about this so it's uh, interesting though because they bring and they've brought and maybe it's a coincidence but i don't think it is they've brought queens in in this episode and the next one that are directly related in either they're really close or their drag daughter you know relationship 20 year friendship or you were the drag mama that gave birth to that thing yeah right so it's interesting that that was the way this lined up but but then again it's not necessarily predictive of what's going to happen either true I will say that Miss Cracker looked amazing in this lip sync outfit. I liked her lip sync look. It was interesting. Um, a shout out to Blair for giving her the wig. Yeah. For the uh, the lip sync. Um, I do love the fact that they put on character heels for these lip syncs. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be able to move. <laughs> I mean, this is true. This is true. However. As much as I enjoy Miss Cracker, this double win was bullshit. 
Bullshit. Bull. Period. So shit. Period. Who should have won then? Oh my god, Cracker did not deserve to win. Oh, I disagree completely. Oh my! I think she did great. I think Morgan this... did skip bow over her leg. <laughs> I mean, it was impressive, but I do again, and this is we've talked about the edit to me reinforced that both did a great job. I would have given it to Cracker over at Morgan, but the fact that they did both, I was like, all right, fair, I'll go with that. Um, Honestly, I was just whelmed with both of them. So. <laughs> They could have given either one the win. I wouldn't have cared. But the fact that it was a double win, that's what annoyed me. This, is, this goes back to season 12. And now mind you, this is all filmed before season 12, which is even better. Season 12, when, um, was it Jackie and Heidi were both saved? And it was like, yeah. oh, only the best lip syncs get a double save. Again, I do not agree with <laughs> with this i feel like they are cheapening double wins and double saves in these two seasons what was it you didn't like about it i'm curious because i really think i saw the, a different lip sync this was, it's this not was really I, good it's not that i didn't like it i did not think okay so if you go back to Alyssa and tati in all stars 2 right they gave their heart and soul it worked with the song everything just blended and gelled cracker well, roxy and Alyssa. roxy and Alyssa. any of the double any of the double saves outside of heidi and and jackie they all gel they all blend they all fit the song cracker i don't feel fit the song she worked her ass off i'm not saying she didn't i'm saying that i don't see it fitting the song and i mind you the song, the lip sync song was Where Have You Been by Rihanna. I didn't think either of them really performed for the feel of the song. I thought, I thought Morgan what did. What is the feel of that song? It's a club <laughs> banger. It doesn't have any distinct, like, well, to me, style. It's club music. It's just very, I could see any number of performances fitting that because there's nothing to fit. It's a I'm, vapid, there's no, there's no meat to that song. I don't know. So I what do you know. do with it? You don't you don't park and bark, right, obviously. Well, but like no. what what choreography works for that? Not what they some, did is club dance. Like it's not a, some ridiculous white girl break dance that was so white girl break dance that Morgan not. McMichaels can do skip bow over your leg. I think that was hilarious. See, I that was my favorite the, part. The That's why Morgan should have won. Well, but the fact <laughs> well, it they, did win. But <laughs> the fact that they, I think, and again, we talked about the edit and how it can be this or that. But like that, they reacted that way to that. I think it's in a moment that impressed them and they looked at both performances and how they interacted. And I think they liked it. I think that's what they fed off of. They just went, Oh, this is you guys, you guys really did something cool with this. I will say that if they didn't have the same lipstick, this would not have been the outcome. Well, and that's a possibility. So this is my that theory, is a right? Definite. That if is they a didn't definite. match. No, no. And I, and I agree with that completely, but I think that if they didn't match, I mean, so this is where it gets into, okay, well, how, how do, how does the sausage get, get made? And we don't know, but like cracker should have won. I think cracker should have won. Uh, and I don't, maybe it was lowered expectations because I don't always think she's a great lip syncer. That's Lower also very possible. Expectations. But like, I, I, I fully was blown away by her performance. I, I, now, I don't like the outfit, it, but. 
I think part of it as well is the tip rollover. Like, I mean, regardless, it's going to be the same amount of money given away. Right. But I think they just kind of want to spread it out more versus giving like one person a check for $50,000. So Shay wouldn't lipstick. just get them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all part of the magic, the magic, the magic, the mystery. That's what I was, the different, different M word. The magic, the, the mystery, the mystery of the of the RuPaul sausage uh, factory. But I, I, the whether it was the edit or whether it was the performance, I do think that she, Cracker deserved to be a winner. The Morgan part, yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't bad, but that's the one I would say, if if anything, didn't deserve to be a lip sync assassin and the winner. But. Well, I don't think. I mean. The Morgan and Sonique lip sync that sent Sonique home in season two was phenomenal. Morgan is a very talented performer. Yes. I don't think in the 11 seasons at that point that had been filmed before this was filmed, I don't... There are other people that definitely come to mind before Morgan McMichaels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But wait, the I, next one, the next, the next. <laughs> no. When you lose to who was that other girl? Well, I don't even remember that girl's name, and you still lost to her. Oh wait, no, no, never mind. That was the wrong season. Who was season ten? Who was the second one out? Crack research was, right it, it here. Was, it, was no. Again, I keep wanting to say Layla McQueen. I'm like, no, that's not that season. Um, <laughs> was it Sasha? It wasn't Sasha Bell. <laughs> who, was, who was? I need to find out. Oh, please. Where is this Dragon Three Season 10 Wikipedia? <laughs> Calorie. Calorie Kardashian oh, Williams. You leave Calorie alone. She's gorgeous, and I love her, and I took a picture with her. I love her to death. But when you lose to Calorie... Yeah, you are not a lip sync assassin. I mean, that's fair. Calorie won that lip sync, though. Right? No, that's when what I'm saying. You lose to her yeah. when you lose to Calorie. You're not a lip sync assassin. No. How many Cal- times did she yeah. lip sync on the next season? Two. Didn't she send two people oh. home? Wait, Vanjie? Yeah. Um. Did she only send one person home before maybe? losing to Brooklyn? She lost to Brooklyn, that's for sure. Um, let's see, where is high, safe, high, low, safe, 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 safe. She sent two people home. She sent okay. Plastique, not much of a challenge, and Sugarcane. You sent two out of three people home that you've lip sync against. That to me does not, I mean, granted only, uh, Morgan, I think only sent Sony Comb. Shouldn't have been a lip sync assassin, but either way they won. I'm waiting for Coco Montrese. I'm waiting for um, uh, Roxy. Granted, we only have like one more episode to go or maybe two more episodes to go. So I don't know. Yeah. Morgan was bottom two and sent Sonique home and then went home the next episode against Sahara. Yeah. So this has this is such a potential to be an amazing thing to watch. And sadly, I don't think we're getting the queens that we should be seeing. 
for it. But, well, they have to be LA based because they're all. I think. Oh, no, Monet wasn't LA based, huh? Alyssa's not LA based. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I was they thinking they're all LA queens. Out. No, that yeah, you're right. It's also a matter of who wants to go and do it. Well, right. Yeah. right. That's really who wants a paycheck. Who wants this, some and, money? And, and and not a lot of money because as you could tell in the next episode, Vanjie's a little disappointed that she doesn't get the tip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets her like $400 appearance fee, but that's about it. But because they are both declared the winner, they both get to send the queen home. And they both, uh, the rumocracy vote went to Mayhem and uh, Cracker's lipstick was also for Mayhem. It was a, a unanimous sweep across the board. Unanimous in that Mayhem also voted for Mayhem. Correct. Which I thought was second, interesting. The second time this season, somebody's voted themselves out. I was going to say, hence the unanimous part. Yep. I may be drunk, but I know my words. <laughs> no, I don't think everyone... You know, it's one of those words that everyone knows what they mean, but when they hear it go by, they don't always think, oh, wait, yeah, it's unanimous. Like, it's well, like something... yeah, because in this case, people could be like, oh, well, everybody except for Mayhem did it. It was unanimous aside from the Queen. No, this, this time it was... Uh, a, Angina was the first time it was unanimous across the entire board. And this was the second time with Mayhem voting for herself. So now we move on to, oh, actually, before we move on to episode five, I don't know if this is in the middle of the episode or not. I always forget to do this when we do these recaps, though. We, <laughs> we hope that you are enjoying this podcast. And you can see these are not pre-recorded bits that we're putting in. This is live readings. <laughs> And by live readings, I just mean me just talking because I don't have a script. We hope you are enjoying this podcast and everything else that po uh, that Playmon podcast, Playmon show, has put out for you. We are listener-funded entertainment. So if you would like to join us on our Patreon uh, and support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Uh, if you would like to follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms, go to flameonshow.com, scroll to the bottom, and you can find the chicklets for all of our social media platforms. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Moving on, it's the Snatch Game of Love, episode five. I feel like this is Snatch much, Game. This of is much. Love. <laughs> this is later than the past couple seasons have been. Yeah, because we've had it at like the top eight, which is what third episode in, and now we're at episode five with it's, six queens. They varied away in a in a kind of a nice, refreshing way because they've done like Snatch Game. Uh, what was the boat one? 
the love boat. That was the game. regular season. Okay, but they buried away. A snatch game of sea. They buried away from the core eight, four on top, four on the bottom, or maybe maybe they've done three and three before, but like very mm-hmm. differently this time. And I I like it. I'm glad they mixed it up. It needed to be a little different. They well, All have, Stars Four was six people, right? Yeah, the they usually game of love. They usually do. Wait, no, was it? I think so. Was there it six wasn't or... four people for each person? I th- hmm. They keep on switching it up because they. I know that in regular seasons they have done um, eight or nine, depending on how they wanted to do it or when they wanted to do it in the season, or like if they did a an elimination depending on how the first episodes went um but the fact that they've done three and three or they've done four and four it just i feel like it's been earlier in past seasons but in this seasons i should say not only did they have fewer queens to do the game and and whatever that they separated it into three and three two separate segments was also really cool and yet paying homage to an old game show uh matchmaking game right that i think that's the one that uh or um the dating game the dating game yeah the dating game yeah it's one of those you go watch on the game show network and there's tons of reruns of the show uh or or similar shows i know there's probably been a couple like it's the dating game it's the the dating dating game um or if you go if you if you look up pluto tv you can um watch buzzer which in a game show network is great, but Buzzer, B-U-Z-Z-R, has uh, some of the game shows that are not able to be had on game show network, including Classic Concentration, which is a personal favorite of mine. I miss Concentration. I do too. I forgot that Alex Trebek hosted Classic Concentration. I've never watched Concentration. That's the one I watched. I only know Classic Concentration from the late 80s where they had the car around at the end and you had to be like, one, two, not a match. Three, four, not a match. Four, seven, match. No, okay, cool. <laughs> my mom, my, okay, so my, my mom works for the Department of Defense and she would bring home every once in a blue moon her work laptop and her five and a quarter floppy disks that had, uh, they had Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, and Classic Concentration on five and a quarter floppy disks. I know, I'm old. Calm down, listening audience. And I, yeah, Brian's older than me, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Eric, you're only slightly older than me, so I don't I even want to hear from you. <laughs> like, you're the youngest one on the broadcast, and you're talking about how you're so old. <laughs> you're, wait, are you 80 or 81? 81. 81. Okay, yeah. You're We're really roughly the old. same age. You're 81. Holy shit. <laughs> We're both 81. Uh, that's how I feel some mornings when I get out of bed. Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah, that was like, that. that's that's, that's my jam right there. Uh, so if you go to go watch Pluto TV, they have a they have game show network and buzzer. Go watch some old game shows. It's fun. Uh, but, yeah, it does give the queens a chance to shine in a much different way than the normal snatch game has done in regular seasons because they're not competing with all of these girls they're just competing with a few of the other girls it gives them a chance to do something whether it's shine or collapse like a flan in a cupboard 
Now, is this the first time that they've had plan in a cupboard? That's Uh, an Eddie Izzard. That was just for Eric. Uh, I was like, first off, it's flan. (laughs) Second of all, who puts it in a cupboard? Listen, regional differences. I'm sure. Sure, some people (laughs) up here in the Pacific Northwest say ruin and flan. Listen, don't. don't... (laughs) That's right. Don't do my ancestors. Don't do my ancestors dirty like that. Uh, Is is this the first time that there's been somebody on All Stars who's had to do snatch game that did not previously do snatch game? In this instance, there was two people. Let us know in the comments. I don't know. That would be something interesting to look at. I, I feel like Baby Baby Sahara Benet never did snatch game. Correct. That was a season one thing. Right. Oh, that's right. And season because of season four and five of All Stars are the ones that have done Snatch Game of Love. Because season three did a regular Snatch Game style. Yeah. That's where Trixie bombed horribly as RuPaul. Oh, Oh, she had never done Snatch Game. Oh, that's right. Because she wanted to do Anne Frank. (laughs) Speaking of tangents, that'll just keep this going for another two hours. uh, Have you watched Trixie's? baking uh in the easy bake oven yeah. i yeah. haven't oh it's, you gotta watch the first one before you watch any of the other ones because it is critical you see her go through baking something that is 20 years old like the original 30 years bake. old 30 okay even worse even more moldy but like she takes the the mix packet from the original unopened easy bake oven and bakes it it is amazing and then the rest of them are they're fun but yeah 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 30 30 year old cookie mix in an easy bake oven but and then she's also done a six layered rainbow cake that one was yep. great she almost burned her thing down but it was fantastic to watch i love it and um they are still doing uh uh queens who like to watch even though she and katya are separated due to the pandemic they did one for uh tiger king which and it's so, it's so, it's phenomenal, but it's so weird because they have like their webcam and then the, like the high def, high quality camera that's filming. So like my, um, my EOS camera, like if that was filming me, but then I was using my laptop camera to talk to you guys. So like the angles are like so weirdly off, like the, the high quality cameras, like on a table pointing up at her. It's bizarre. <laughs> Go watch the content that they put out. These queens are doing phenomenal things. Yeah, Go I support them. As much as it sucks for queens to not be performing, although another side note, do you get in promotions for the, the, the Voss events uh, drive-in drag? Yes. Super expensive. Yeah, for I a mean, drive-in. Kind of. But I mean, kind but of. it's per car, so it's really for two or... It's No, no, no. Okay. No? It's per two people. Okay. So that ticket, $60. So 30 bucks a ticket. It's which honestly isn't bad because if you were going to go to like Brian, you and I have gone and we've seen um, Battle of the Seasons and a Dry Queen Christmas and whatnot, and those tickets were yeah. more than 30. Yeah, yeah. So the first two people in the car, it's $60 for two people, um, unless you want to do like the VIP, which is like reserved parking closer to the stage. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, because the thing is, the way this makes it sound is that these queens are actually there performing. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. That's, so, that's oh, I mean, so so it's an it's so it's not a projected thing on a screen. 
it oh, okay. it's like a concert where yeah. the person the, the the performance is happening on the stage and then there's jumbotrons that have that like everybody else can see even in the nosebleeds it's like if parliament house still had parking in the courtyard and then they performed on the pool stage except imagine it like uh, you know 10 times larger because well, that would but, actually be good seats well but then okay so the vip is if they still have parking in the in the courtyard the regular tickets would be if you parked in the gravel parking yes. lot <laughs> and had jumbotrons to watch it on um yeah so i mean 30 bucks a head isn't horrible and then if you have more than two people in the car it's 25 dollars yeah. per person so pack you, those cars full of COVID and head on down. If you have four people, that is sixty for the for the first two, and that's fifty for the other two. So a hundred and ten dollars for a four person car full of people. You hide them in the trunk until you get in the lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Clown car that shit. Oh my god! But then they're gonna have gourmet like food trucks and like this other stuff. I I saw it and I'm like I don't have a ton of cash right now <laughs> because like many people I'm living off of unemployment. Um, don't forget to tune into Digital Game Night Monday nights. <laughs> Cross promote. <laughs> yeah, seriously, where I, where I will be gladly accepting tips. Uh, Venmo at Pat to Bear Cash App Dollar Sign Pat to Bear. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's interesting to see how they're doing this. But I will say, so to kind of springboard off of that, um, you have queens like Trixie who are who have done well, who are doing well, oh, yeah. who have other avenues like their makeup line, Trixie Cosmetics. Um, Not a who, sponsor, but we will be <laughs> if you ask us. To. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dear God, Trixie, I saw you right before this pandemic <laughs> shut us all the fuck down. I did actually. What was Trixie here doing? Was oh fuck. She was doing her tour. Oh, I think it might have yeah, been. We, we, yeah, we saw her. Oh, that's right, Eric. You and I went. Well, Brian, you were in yeah. town because you came and saw Havoc. Yes, that's that was that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then in March. And then Jay and I went back out when you left. Jay and I went back out, and we went back to District Dive, and Trixie was there hanging out. Oh. And it's always good because, like, I sit there and I, 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 I like to say, oh, I'm friends with this queen or I know this queen. But the funny part is that, like, I legit was standing there. She was talking to some other people, or I should say other people were talking at her. And then I was standing there and Tracy's like, oh, hey. And, like, gives me a hug and whatnot. Yeah. Brian's but that was super sweet. Which that's a lot because she, she, she's not a hugger. She is not a <laughs> hugger. I do. When I saw her – so we didn't see her at, uh, at P-Town because she wasn't there. She did a thing at um, Carnival Week. She did a, a show at um, Town Hall. We didn't see her when we went and we're at, um, at Bear Week. But when I saw her at DragCon, I was like, I know you're not a hugger, but she's like, come here. <laughs> so I get, a, I get a hug. But that was also the night that they showed um, Katya's one-woman show that she toured with. I forget the name of it, but Logo was showing both Trixie and Katya's shows. So they showed Katya, and then they showed Trixie's right after. And Jay and I were sitting at the bar, and we look over, and there's Trixie underneath the television of, with her on it and somebody taking a picture of it. <laughs> it was phenomenal. But Trixie does a Twitch stream every Tuesday night 
where she plays video games. Normal, like in the past couple of months or past like two or three months, it's been The Sims. She did like a drag race thing where it was like her Sims were, her boyfriend made all of The Sims into drag queens from Drag Race. And she would play it out and eliminate somebody every week. And every week on Tuesday, she plays, um, plays whatever game it is for a different charity and raises like 10 grand every week for different charities across the U.S. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, she, just got, she just got her Twitch affiliate too. Oh, did she? Because of it, yeah. Oh my God, good for her. Applause, applause, applause. But yeah, there's lots of queens doing really cool stuff from home. Ben's shows, Varla's shows, all that stuff they were doing, you know. Definitely uh, keep your ears on Instagram and Twitter and find what they're doing because there's some good stuff. And they're, it's how they're making their money too. Like, you know. And if you are venturing to Provincetown this summer, the Crown, I know it's crazy. The Crown has turned their pool area into an outdoor show area. Probably less, uh, yeah. Less COVID-y. Yep. Um, and Varla starting... We're, we're recording on the 5th of July. On the 9th of July through September, early September, Varla is doing her show, Super Spreader, at the, uh, at the Crown and Anchor in their pool area. Oh, my she, God. She Seriously? is a super spreader of cheer. Oh, my God. Wow. The art, the art is her as a cheerleader with her legs, like, in a full split, like, jumping up in the air doing a full split. Yes. Wow. I hope she left her husband at home. I wouldn't, bitch. If I'm gonna get COVID, you getting COVID too. Uh-huh. Let's do this. <laughs> the couple that COVID's together might die together. Anywho, yeah. so, <laughs> so moving on to Snatch Game of Love, the queens are broken into two groups, like we've talked about. Uh, with your first Snatchler being Tommy Dorfman. Do y'all know who Tommy Dorfman is? No idea, I but I looked it up. But. <laughs> did you did either of you guys watch the first season of 13 reasons why yes he's the gay guy <laughs> or not the gay guy but obviously but but obviously um he was the one that ah crap if you saw a p- screen pitch of it you'd be like oh him he was tape number eight you said taint number eight tape number eight <laughs> taint eight Tape number eight. Um, wait, hold on. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. He wasn't Alex, right? And I think Ryan was his character name. I'm trying to see. Uh, let's see. Thirteen reasons why Ryan Shaver. I think he was the one who originally wrote the comparison list, or whatever. Hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and look. Okay, so. I mean, he does look familiar, more familiar when I'm looking at his wiki page and the picture they used here, because that picture is from two years ago. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check that out. And also, update on Varla's husband. He is in Provincetown. <laughs> Instagram just confirmed it, and I'm like, oh, girl. are you are you following Dewitt on Instagram? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny part was that, like, I'm in one one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. DeWitt would constantly post pictures of Jeffrey. And I was like, why are you posting pictures of Varla Jean? <laughs> and then and then they got married and I was like, 
Oh. oh. All right. Well, hey, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> which, honestly, if you know Varla and her exes, or at least one of her exes, which I do, DeWitt is a complete 180 from what Varla used to date. Oh, I'm sorry. I know two of Varla's exes. <laughs> Cause you get around. Well, one is a, one is a sister in Orlando, and what? Uh, yeah, Jeff I did not. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff in Orlando. He I forget his sister name, but his novice project was bringing Varla in for a show. Oh yeah, I didn't realize that was the okay. And um, Jesse, who is in Atlanta, I met Jesse when I went to Provincetown uh, one of the years, and yeah, that's uh, Jesse. And Jeff look very similar, so it was very much a very much a type, and Dewitt not like that at all. But anywho, so we have the first Snatchler being Tommy, and uh, you have Miss Cracker, Alexis, and in India, and Miss Cracker is portraying Lady Gaga. Alexis, okay, I have to say when Alexis said that she was doing Walter Mercado, a little part of my soul died a happy death. Because when you, okay, when you're as white as me, but you are Puerto Rican, you have Puerto Rican family, and that is the family that you were raised with, at 6 p.m. Eastern, every single day, the entire world stopped in, my, in, in the household and they watched Walter. My grandmother and my aunt fixated. That was the thing every single day. Six o'clock, they dead stopped what they were doing to watch Walter give the horoscopes. That makes so, sense. I could totally see them watching them. And even better is Netflix just recently, yes. within the last couple of weeks, put out a, um, a documentary special called Mucho Mucho Amor, which is a look into the life of Walter Mercado. It's Amazing. weird timing, right? Amazing. Amazing. I wonder if Alexis had heard. I mean, because it's such a weird, like, like, I watched him too growing up for some reason. Like, he was always on Tele, Tele, uh, Telemundo. Telemundo? Yeah. So I would, like, stumble across him and, and being a somewhat, you know, queer questioning kid in that era, I was like, what is this? Who, who is that? Like, it was is fascinating. It He's a Spanish Liberace. Yes. No, exactly. And I, I had a huge thing for Liberace, so I mean, it makes sense. But like, it's odd that Netflix, this, you know, now, and then and Alexis both, it's weird zeitgeist synergy there. I like it. I don't yeah. know. Is the Netflix thing out or is it just a trailer it, for it? Nope, it is. Because okay. um, as you've been recording, my, I paused my Netflix because I started watching Floor is Lava. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I, I love that. that. I, I love I've... that. I've forced myself to watch three episodes and I can't do it anymore. I can't. It's better than a fucking ultimate tag. Listen, the host is pretty cute, so. Yes, and then yeah. that. Uh, I forget what his name is, but I, I looked him up just before and um, under other names, Bearded Lady is <laughs> what he's listed as. He was the American on, that did the American Top Gear. Yes. And he was the cute one on that uh so yeah, anyway yeah 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 it's uh ryan, uh is it ryan i'm Ru- oh, sorry rutledge wood yeah yeah under other names it's bearded lady rut or conehead 
Don't ask. Right? Okay. So, but uh, but yeah, the uh, the mucho mucho amor uh, kept coming up on the the screen as it was paused, um, and then India in this group is uh, Jeffrey Star, problematic and um, canceled for the sixteenth time. Jeffrey Star. Yeah. Ugh. In uh, Snatchlerette Group Two, the Snatchler again is Jeffrey Boyer Chapman which was just synergistic in the fact that Canada's drag race started the day before. Totally intentional there. Yeah. (laughs) Who, by the way, we should talk about that eventually, maybe not today, but he's great on that show. He is fantastic. Wait, on Canada's drag race? Yes, he is a great personality. He is phenomenal in everything. If you haven't watched Unreal, go watch. Okay, at least do yourself a favor and watch Unreal season one. Season two was okay. Three went downhill. Four, which was Hulu. Hulu picked it up for its fourth and final season. It was all right. But season one of Unreal, if you, if you watch any type of unscripted reality, and if you're listening to this, obviously you do, Unreal season one is amazing for that. It was a lifetime show, scripted drama show. It's on Hulu. Go fucking watch it. Uh, but yes, amazing on Canada's Drag Race too. So you have Blair St. Clair as Ellen DeGeneres, um, even though Rue maybe advised her against it. Juju B as Eartha Kitt, the third time we have Eartha Kitt on the show, second All Stars in a row. The best time we've had Oof. Eartha Kitt on the sh- Eartha Kitt on the show. Allison. It's also the third time for Lady Gaga, right? Third the or fourth. worst time we've had Lady Gaga. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, this is no. probably the Compa- best. Compared to, compared to Sonique and okay. Fifi. Fair. Fair. Oh, None wait, of them she... are good. Oh, that's right, because Morgan was pink, and Sonique yeah. wanted to do pink. So uh, Sonique did Lady Gaga. Fifi did Lady Gaga, which was better, but still not good. Honestly, this was probably the best Lady Gaga that's been done on the show. Yeah. None of them are good, though. None of them are good. I will essentially walk to the thermostats and set it to a reasonable 74 degrees. She like I get why <laughs> I get why Shay wins, but I wanted that I wanted Juju to win for that. It should have been, right? been a tie on their side. It should have been a tie. And then Shay Coulee was flavor flavor. <laughs> I can't even. I just I so who stood out to you? I mean, obviously, we've just talked a little bit about Eartha Kitt. Who else, who else stood out to you in a positive way and in a negative way? Um, well, I think Shay, Juju, and Alexis obviously did the best. Yes. I think Alexis, though, is in, was in a very, well, I don't know. I think the fact that she was paired with who she was paired with allowed her to shine a lot brighter because if you flip her and Blair and suddenly Alexis is with Juju and Shay, she would not have been able to do the performance that she did. Maybe, maybe you don't know what it would have been like, but she would have definitely had stronger, stronger improv competitors for sure. She would have, she would have been able to answer the questions that she did, but as far as trying to, she wouldn't have had the lulls in the conversation to walk o- at walk over 
but yes and off of the top of the failed jokes that the other two people did. <laughs> have have contestant number three breathe on you and, and tell me what, they, what their breath smells like. Regret for choosing this person. <laughs> <laughs> I will say India looked like Jeffree Star. Yes. And a very scary version of Jeffree Star, which is just Jeffree Star. <laughs> like, I've never watched it. Like, I see the, the screen caps for Jeffree Star all the time and videos and whatnot, but I have never watched any of his content to under to really know his mannerisms or anything like that. Yeah, I, I knew he was canceled, and that's about all I needed to know. I was like, eh, who is this? I don't care. Um, but even if it, even if it was someone you knew, it wasn't like funny. It just, it was, it was almost like she was getting kind of defensive as the character to Walter Mercado from Alexis. Like it was just kind of awkward and, uh, unfortunate. Uh, I thought Ms. Cracker, the look was good. But I liked it her, just, it, I liked her on the nose, like thing. There were little things that she did that were funny but weren't necessarily Lady Gaga. Well, one of the things, though, that's hard is because it's Snatch Game of Love and it's set up as this blind dating show, to play off of the contestant, you don't get the visual. You only have the answer. You have the visual for the camera, obviously, and for RuPaul, but the contestant can't see what you're doing. Well, from the way that they show us, can't see what well, you're doing. But I mean, even like that whole on the nose thing was done before they brought um, Tommy Dorfman out. So like that was with RuPaul, like that the divider wasn't up and everything. So she was still playing off. I think she was just very understated because yeah. as much as as much as the homosexuals love Gaga. There's not a lot to, or the queens that have done her on Snatch Game haven't found a way to take the, the fun things that she does and make them over the top where it doesn't look ridiculous like Fifi did. You know what I mean? Like it's, you can riff on some of the things that she says, but it's like, it only goes so far before it's just kind of like, all right. You know, where yeah. other people like Alexis... Alexis took, took things that weren't even Walter-isms, but pl played off of the fact that he is a, a fortune teller and was like, bet you didn't see that coming. Like, you know, that's not a Walter thing. That's just playing off of who you're supposed to be and then just using that as like a constant like callback. It was the same joke though, over and over again. So even though I thought that Alexis looked great, and I love the idea of it. I didn't think she was really that funny either because it was just so obvious. It was so obvious. But they definitely edited it in such a way that, oh my God, they fucking lost their shit for it. But I, and maybe because it was just better than the other two and they were just trying to shore that up to make it really clear. I mean, I don't know. Just, I think I what Miss Cracker should have done because the era of Gaga that she's playing, which is the star is born um, kind of, okay, it's the award season cycle. She did it once where she said the line of the whole hundred people in the room. 
the thing with Gaga and the joke with Gaga was she said that in just about every interview. If she had set, if she had phrased that into every answer she gave, it would have possibly played better for her. I think. So did you did you guys watch um, Secret Celebrity Drag Race at all? Only the first episode. Okay. I have not. You both have Philo, and I'm pretty sure you can go back and you can watch it. Watch the third episode, which was the one with um, Matt Eisman, um, the guy from Schitt's Creek, and the other one. And they did the roast. The guy from Schitt's Creek, that was his thing. He did this joke, and there was always, that's what I read in the blah, 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 whatever. And he did it and he roasted everybody and he went through like this whole setup and it always kind of went back to that where it was like, okay, you knew this was coming, but it was still just so funny and they loved it and they cracked up about it. Um, Dustin Milligan, that's his name. And um, it's kind of the same thing with Alexis. Like you say that, okay, she, she kept going back to it. But if you, if you put, if you make a hole in the ground and you cover it with leaves and somebody falls into it, okay, funny. But then when the next person walks up and there's no more leaves covering it and they still fall into that hole, I'm still going to laugh at you. And then when the third time around, like, you know what I mean? Like, I get that it, it sometimes feels like, oh, okay, well, you went to that well so many times. But when you just walk right into being able to have that, that simple punchline be thrown back at you, I think is deserved to kind of just be like, okay, that was still really funny. And yes, maybe in comparison to the other two, it just seems so much more funny because the other two weren't cracking the jokes and India was missing it every and any and every softball that was lobbed to her. But I still think Alexis overall just did phenomenal. Then you move on over to Ellen, Ertha, and Flava Flav. What did y'all think of Snatch Lorette group number two? Best, like, of the whole Snatch Game history that I can think of, Flava Flav and Ertha interacting and being themselves, the best thing I can remember for so long. Then you had Ellen, um, unfortunately, from Blair, who I think it wasn't the worst, but it didn't really nail Ellen in any great like other than maybe a little bit of the physical sort of awkwardness or whatever that is that she does it just it didn't really do anything from her other than the lesbian thing which is so like come on that's that's so old but also it wasn't funny it just didn't go anywhere it wasn't it wasn't funny but yeah eartha kit oh fuck i love or i wanted yzma if she had done yzma i mean it was the the thing is valentina tried to pull some crunk pull some Yzma out yes and RuPaul did not have a reference for that right she's never true. seen it obviously so it was lost no and, and I, it would have been just for those of us you know like <laughs> us that love that but but you know she 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 did Jujubee is already such a fucking hilarious queen like I forgot forgot how amazing she is and how quick and how funny in everything she's done this season but uh it was so good but Flavor Flav like I don't even like like thinking back to that, to when he was on that reality show. What reality show was he on? The oh, uh, Flavor of Love. No, before oh, that. But, oh, he was on like it, a. It was random. 
D-list random Hollywood. celebrities put together in a house. Surreal life. Sur- surreal, surreal life. life. Yes. That's oh what God. I watched. And that's where he recaptures yeah, he, people's interest. Yeah, because him and Bridget Nielsen ended up having a torrid affair. Oh my God. And then was it, didn't they have a show that spun off of that before Flavor of Love? I, yes, yes. I and think I think so. that's, why, yeah. that's why they created Flavor of Love was because him and Brigitte Nielsen didn't work out or whatever. Like Shay embodied that person in a way that I, I, I like Shay overall. I think she gets a little cocky sometimes, but I do think she's probably the, the it's her season to lose. Like her and Juju to me are like, the top of the whole thing and like Shay is dominating so much that like if she doesn't win I'm going to be really shocked but um but yeah this character just was so impressive like looked and and acted and talked like everything I remember and interacted with the with what's his name with Chapman like in a way that was just it was very natural and fun and playful I loved it oh I, I loved when uh when Shay was like Oh, you're a dude. <laughs> like, like the whole, <laughs> all of it was just so incredibly funny. And, you know, I, I, I guess I get where Shay can come off as overconfident, but I mean, when you're talented, it's tough to walk that fine line of, are you cocky? Yeah. Or are you confident? No, it's it's a it's a little bit where yeah it can go on either side of the line. I think what really was weird for me was hearing how devastated she was when she lost Drag Race, which it's fine to be devastated when you lose something that you're so close to winning. But I almost felt like there were moments where she was like questioning why it happened and how Sasha could have beaten her. But maybe I misheard that and I just went, uh. But I, like I don't. Th- I don't think it was so much. I mean, yes, obviously she's going to be des- devastated in that moment, but she wasn't allowed to forget that moment because of the story yeah. she told after, with the f- number of fans for so long coming up with roses and people are that. so gross. Like I, know. I sit there and think, who does that? Oh, seriously! Like when that's how you lost. Like who would go up to that meet and greet and be like? Here's rose petals coming out of my like that's just ridiculous, and yes, Strange Love was the series that they filmed afterwards with Flavor and um, and Brigitte Nielsen, and then it went into uh, Flavor of Love, and then which then spawned countless other spinoffs from there. Now, I, I, yeah, I honestly, what would have really I think tickled me the most would have been if they sent Blair, like they did the whole thing and they sent Blair, Oh, it's Ellen DeGeneres, blah, blah, blah. And then Juju and Shay like ran off together. Like Shay had picked up Juju B and then like they did the whole scene with like the whole skit with Rue and Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, like, and they just kind of paired off and then like went away or whatever. Something like that I think would have just taken the cake for me. But overall, this definitely was one of the top performances between Juju and uh, and Shay. Like it's in the upper echelon with Bianca as um, Judge Judy, Ben, uh, ben. as Maggie Smith. Oh, um, and um, uh, what's his name? Paul Lind. Yeah, that's yeah, Dela's. De- Dela's De- 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 both her drag races have been like some of the top of all of them. Alaska as Mae West. Jinx as, as uh, Lady. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, there it definitely goes into the upper echelon of of snatch game performances. I mean, Bob is Uzo Aduba and 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 Carol Channing. Honestly, even her yeah. Carol Channing was fantastic. So it, it's it renewed my faith in All Stars Five. This is an amazing cast that has not been allowed to shine in the same way as I think they should with the challenges they've been given from episodes two, three, and four. The uh, the variety show and Snatch Game of Love, I think, have been their biggest shining moment so far. Uh, when they so Alexis is the Snatch Lorette who is chosen from group one, and Shea Coulee is the Snatch Lorette chosen from group two. They go to the uh, runway, bring it to the bring it to the runway, runway. I'm gonna do it every single time we talk about the runway. Uh, <laughs> the category is prom queen fantasy. We don't have our pictures here, but I know that there were a couple of looks that really stood out um, for me personally. Were there ones that stood out to you guys from the prom queen fantasy? And why did Shea Coulee take your breath away? To me, I thought the best two were uh, Blair. I, I think if anything, the reason some people might feel a little underwhelmed by Blair's was because we saw Gigi's first, which Gigi also did that very kind of mix of tuxedo and gown type thing. Um, but I think Blair's is played for more of a serious versus Gigi's was more of the comedic and that it was more of the 80s ruffles and the headgear and all that nerdiness to it, where hers was just more fashion. I love that Juju did the whole 80s prom, which I wish more of them have done because that's where you get the fun looks with the big hair and all that. Shay's, I liked. I liked the reference to Carrie and um, of finals. Where it lost me was the dress part. That doesn't look like a prom dress to me in any way. And it was kind of this, and on the pit stop, they said this, uh, Bob and Jinx did, if it was either more of a reference to Carrie in that it looked more like the Carrie dress, or if it had somehow looked like the outfit she competed with on finals night as a gown. It would have kind of read better, I think. I I could see that. I did love the fact that it was, it was the nod to Carrie. It was the nod to the roses. It it gave me um, a lot of Raja in season three from that comedy challenge where she had the bucket and the whole thing. Like, it, it was cute, but I get, I absolutely get what you're saying as far as not giving you prom dress. It was gorgeous. Yeah. But prom dress, maybe not as much. Juju with the 80s prom dress look and the hair and all of that was probably one of my absolute favorites from that runway for sure. Yeah, India's is. India and Cracker, I think, had the least successful. I liked Cracker playing up the pimples and the acne because that definitely says high school prom night. 
but the dress was kind of just blase. Um, India's, even if it's a goth prom look, that doesn't look like anything promy. That just looked like in India drag look. It, so somebody pointed out on social media that it's almost a glow up of her final look on season three where it's that very um, circus showgirl where when Mimi, oh no, not, she didn't go home. That, not her final, Mimi yeah. went home that yeah. episode, but it's her most iconic look because it's the one that everybody knows because it's when Mimi or Brian's ex picked her up <laughs> on her shoulders. <laughs> but it very much had that, it was almost like it was, um, where the, and they've done this on All Stars in the last couple of seasons, the, like a redemption look. Yeah. Where it was like the look that didn't really work, but you've you know you made it better. It definitely had that look, and definitely wasn't prompt. And her titties looked weird. Yeah. So I was I, okay. So if you've ever been to a Ren Fair, you see the women with the bodice and the the tight like you know. Uh, I went to a, the 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 Ren Fair down in South Florida once, and there was this woman, and she had the same like thing where it was like a boob shelf. And it flattens everything and it makes it look really weird. And that's what she looked like. Like, like almost like her, like, just got pushed so far up. They were, like, sitting but flattened. It was, oh, it was distracting. It, it was like that, but if it only covered half your, like, the titty in the front. Because right. you still had the titty, like, showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, because, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, where it's, like, they're so pushed in and up. Yeah. But this still looked like the titty was out, but not fully. Like it just—it was whatever it was. I don't think it was prom. No. Yeah. But I liked—I did like the makeup. It was—it was a choice. It was a bold yeah. choice. You can't fault India for making bold choices. Unfortunately, in the beginning, those bold choices paid off, and in the end, they didn't. And that's a—that's the risk you take with making a bold choice. You know, you're going to stand out one way or the other. So. And yeah. And with Cracker, the only thing, and the thing I think that works against her in the viewer's mind is even though this was filmed before season 12, we saw season 12 and we saw Gigi's braces look, prom look before this. If we had seen this beforehand, we would have been like, cute, okay, I like this. And then we would have seen Gigi's after and been like, Oh, that's better. <laughs> now we're seeing it the other way where we're like, oh, Gigi's was really good. Crackers isn't as good. You mean Blair? No, Cracker. No, Cracker. With the pimples. With the, oh, with the pimples. Oh, yes. okay. I yeah, thought you yeah. meant the tuxedo. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was thinking just in the fact of like braces yeah. and the and awkward, that, like, the awkward yeah, team yeah. going to the prom gotcha. type of look. Gotcha. Okay. I'm rewatching the runway now as we discuss this. That's why it's it's all it's all coming back. It's all coming <laughs> back. But I seriously like Juju's the butterflies and all that stuff. That was and and Blair's was fantastic. It, it just yeah. If her snatch, it saved her. I think yes. from her snatch game, yes. but it definitely wouldn't have put her into contention for the well, top. It would have saved her and made her not in the bottom, except. There's a twist. It, it is Survivor now. It is full-on Survivor now. If you are not the winner, <laughs> you are up for elimination. We need a Drag Race Survivor crossover. 
wouldn't that be a magical thing <laughs> and honestly <laughs> this this runway was super short like they just yeah. kind of like they were like let's well, get drag race this. was really long like they because of the format difference they made it i think even longer than it normally is so it filled up the entire episode other than oh but then saving room for the shit and shenanigans that happens at the end here correct so um Shea Coulee is crowned the top all-star of the week. And as we just said, if you are not the top, you are a bottom. They're all bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> chop, 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 chop. El Chapo. Uh, oh my God, yes, El Chapo. Get the El Chapo. So your bottom queens are Alexis, Blair, India, Juju, and Ms. Cracker. And they are sent back to the workroom where India, where Shay is like, hmm, I don't need to talk to nobody. I got my mind made up. It's good. We good. And India Milk. says, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy mm. Davenport, have you thought hard and long about milk? <laughs> <laughs> With great power, milk. Milk. Rue, Kennedy, we still need to say this, but milk. <laughs> she just keeps throwing out lipsticks and say milk on it. Uh, so India says, I would really like to speak to you in private, if you don't mind, and tells her that Alexis was campaigning to vote her out just two weeks prior. So, I, but I will say this. I love the fact that Shay was like, thank you for letting me know this. Okay, group. <laughs> this yes. is what India just told me. That was some next level uh, game playing. I mean, not game playing, but like, I don't know what that is. Shenanigans. That was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And uh, Alexis swears that she was not campaigning. And India swears that Alexis was campaigning. Because there was someone posted online like, who do you believe? And I'm like, oh, what's this about? And then just. I, I kind of believe both of them because yeah. I think with them being um, season sisters, were they all on season three? India, yeah, those two Mariah. Mariah. Okay. So I kind of feel like I could see her going up to them being like, like, we can't vote for Mariah. Like, did you vote for, did you vote for Shay or whatever? And because it was what, India, Mariah, and Shay, correct? Yeah. So if they're all in the same season, I could see Alexis going, girl, just let's vote for Shay. We can't vote for Mariah. I won't vote for you, whatever. But Mayhem was involved too. Well, I think, well, that was because Mayhem was friends with Mariah. Right, right. Yeah. They're not season sisters, but they're really close. Well, so right. so yeah. So at that point, you've got Mariah voting for who Mariah is gonna vote for, whether or not that's Shay. You have but at that point being like, okay, well, we can't vote for you, like let's vote for Shay. And then but it not being like let's campaign to everybody to get this right. done. So I could see Alexis being like, that's not campaigning to get Shay gone. That's okay, we're all in the same season and we don't want to vote for our, right. our friend. Yeah. Let's vote for this person or whatever. So I can see it being both sides and neither one thinking they're wrong. 
Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what makes it's like any other big thing like this, the, the chance that one of them like India manufactured this out of nothing is, is, is that's too far. And especially how she reacted after she left, she's very, and you know, people can bullshit their way through and make it work, but she was very confident and at peace. And she's like, yeah, I, I told him what happened. And I'm okay with that. You know? So I, yeah, I, I feel like you're right. Yeah, I mean, I've, it was kind of like on the, on the lines of Juju, like, if she was a if she was this good of an actress, she would have done better in the improv challenge. Juju's <laughs> interviews are making the whole season work for me because she everything is so great. Juju is doing, she does not waste a line of speech at all. I love her. It is. I, if if you listen to Race, Race Chaser and you've kept up. I love the fact that they're like, do they? They were like, Sarge is just planted right next to her with a camera, <laughs> just so that they can capture everything that Juju says. But I mean, it's so true. It's absolutely so true. So that, with that drama aside, they send uh, Ms. Shekula, Shekulel, if you're nasty to the main stage to face off against this week's lip sync assassin, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. Like, I get why they think Vanjie's fun and they want to bring her back because she is such a personality, but she's not a good lip syncer No, all. and I, I liked her outfit. Oh, her outfit's cute, even though it was kind of a straight jacket where she didn't have to like worry about her gloves going anywhere. They were just like right there. I She's not... I mean, it to me, it was like, okay, if this is the idea and you really are trying to make this like a heightened competition, you failed miserably um, here. And yet, it's so it's just like you're just giving Shay money. And Shay didn't just like, like stumble through it. I mean, she did a good job. It's like she earned it. But it's just like, come on, really? Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I agree. And I mean, it's you're hard pressed to find somebody that's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Shea Coulee in a lip yeah, sync. 100%. But they, but they are out there if they really wanted to make this what it's supposed to be, which is this uber lip sync dominatrix, you know, to just wipe the floor with them. So. Honestly. I mean, if, I mean, if the producers were really trying to fuck with the cast members, Sasha Velour would have been <laughs> yes! behind that. I was Curtain. totally ready for that. I think that would have been because there was. Oh, actually, no. It's next week. There's a like a preview shot, and I swear there's a bald head. So I was but, like, oh man. But I mean, especially you... this episode where her runway was based on the whole storyline. Your fear. They'd have been like, could have... <laughs> like rematch of the century. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good spin on this? Like they could do these rematches uh, somehow. Like, oh uh, my god! If they were able to, uh, they. You with it would, it would show so many strings. But if they were able to do something where it was like the person who eliminated you was the lip sync person you had to fight against, yeah. but at yeah. that point you you would have to, you'd have to do the lip sync like on a separate day in order to be able to make it look like it was even not planned. No, it would have to be the whole point. You'd have to really make this a, its own thing, I think. Yeah, but... It's like there's so many great, like, drag race spinoff ideas that, like, World of Wonder is probably, like, sitting back going, okay, yeah, we know. We could do, you know, the worldwide, uh, you know, all of the different countries now competing in one thing. We could do top, you know, they've threatened their, they've, we've all heard, you know, the top, what is it, the winner's circle 
drag, you know, whatever. Like there's so many things now that you could put in place to play with if you wanted to just print money. Um, you know. A winter season a winter season would never fully happen. No, I know it wouldn't happen, but it'd be it would make a lot of people very happy. So then you go, how much money do we have to throw at these people to bring it together? I'm I'm still waiting for a Legends of Drag oh, Drag yeah, Race season. Get a Coco, a Lady Bunny, a Varla, like all of those all of those queens, and and put them in this kind of competition. It'd be it'd be a much different game, but I would I would watch a mini series like like a Secret Celebrity Drag Race style with them mm-hmm. because they would not la- they. They wouldn't play the games that the producers would want them to play for a full season, but do like a four episode challenge or something like that. I'd be, I'd be down. Yeah. But Shay easily takes this lip sync. Vanjie's fine, but Vanjie. So the way Vanjie was dancing back to Brian's point was very much a, where have you been by Rihanna type of lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from when she pointed to her crotch about, you know, uh, lock and key exactly yeah. exactly that was ridiculous i mean i'd have pulled out the netflix uh card for the series lock and key <laughs> well that's just me <laughs> but uh shay wins it and i think now if she wins the season would be tied with the um the most money won on drag race because she has now earned thirty thousand doulas in tips and if she wins a hundred thousand, I forget who who the queen is. Maybe it's Alaska, who has won one hundred and thirty thousand dollars from her run on All Stars. So yeah. right now, Shay has the potential to tie the most money won. And if she were to win next week's lip sync or the week after, if there's two more eliminations, then she could actually win the most money on Drag Race. Well, how like, much did Jada win? Not as much. Many, she didn't win as many. She had, she, what, two? Two? Maybe? So maybe yeah. 120,000? Okay. I think it had well, Gigi. No, I, think, I think they only got 5,000 a lip sync, right? Maybe. I think, I, I want to say that Gigi won like 35,000. Because if yeah. she had won, I think she would have been the top top uh, winner from it all. But, uh, but Shea wins another 10,000 and has... Uh, does a pulls a Shangela from All Stars three and talks about how when <coughs> sorry the Rona um, oh, no. gives a speech saying that when she first was announced as the winner she thought it was an easy choice but information was brought to her and it made it a much more difficult choice and um, then says that she has decided to send India home. Very much along the meme of uh, Shangela. So, <laughs> the person I have chosen was a lovely seventh alternate on season seven is from Milwaukee and is bald. <laughs> <laughs> and then sent uh, whoever it was home, Thorgy yeah. or Milk or whoever, <laughs> whoever it was. Um, but yeah, so we, we say goodbye to India and uh, next week, we get ready for the Charles Family Backyard Ball, which uh, will have guest judge BB Rexa and uh, guest judges Rosie and Renee Charles 
RuPaul's sisters will be on the judging panel. Oh, huh. So that will be a very interesting challenge. And uh, before we sign off, let's take uh, just a few moments. This, is, this has been a long recording. But we would be remiss if we did not speak on the fact that Canada's drag race, not RuPaul's drag race, Canada, let's not get this confused, even though RuPaul speaks very much during this. During this Surprisingly, yeah. This is not, unlike Drag Race UK, this is not RuPaul's Drag Race Canada. It is Canada's Drag Race with your judging panel of uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, coincidentally, Ms. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Heights, who uh, looked phenomenal and honestly just always looks phenomenal, and Stacy McKenzie. So we welcomed, was it 12 new uh, queens into the Canadian workroom? And uh, yes, 12. Yep. Uh, juke, jukebox. Juicebox, Tainomi Bang, Scarlet Bobo, Rita Baga, Priyanka, Lemon, Kine, Kiara, Jimbo, Iona Verley, BOA, and Anastasia Anakwe, who is apparently at the film time of filming was the reigning Miss Black Continental. Yeah, I was shocked by that. I was like, oh, wow. Which I did not know existed. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that either, but considering, a lot of continental titles. Considering Giselle Barbie Royale is a former Miss Continental, I did not know that Miss Black Continental was a thing. Considering Brooklyn Heights is a former Miss Continental, and the first boy queen in a long time to win Miss Continental, which was a feat in and of itself. Like it's, there's a lot of Continental royalty on the Canadian stage. I wasn't a huge fan of the, of the show overall. I loved their photo challenge, partially yes. because I just enjoyed watching these queens scream bloody murder when the fan <laughs> got turned on. That was fantastic. I love that whole thing. And the judges just cracking up and making jokes at their expense was phenomenal. Very, very Canadian, self-deprecating, but not also just snarky. It was good. The, the judge I kept wishing, sorry, I kept wishing when they were climbing up the mountain, I kept wanting to hear the prices right. Yodeling? Yes. Exactly, the yodel. From the cliffhanger or whatever it was. That game. At the cliffhanger, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> so you know what's interesting about this? I'm reading a little bit about some of the backstory of this. Uh, World of Wonder doesn't produce it. It's a different production company. It's that's might that might be partly why it's not RuPaul's Drag Race, other than she's also not in it much. As is it, it is, doesn't the same thing happen for Drag Race Thailand? That's yes. what I'm wondering. It's a different production company because it doesn't make sense for. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's however you slice the thing, but. But Blue Ant Studios is the group that makes the show. So they licensed it, I believe, from World of Wonder. And then maybe there was some amount of profit, profit sharing, I'm sure. But, you know, uh, and then Crave, of course, and Out TV in Canada are the ones that are, are airing it there. And then World of Wonder presents, you know, everywhere else, I guess. So Crave, um, Crave is the, the streaming service that is, um, that is where you watch it in Canada. Because uh, it's only on Crave. Or Wild Presents Plus in certain regions. And Out TV. No. Yeah, no, it is. Canadian English, it's a specialty channel. That's what it's saying here. 
I mean, okay. unless Wiki's wrong, it, I, this is very Wiki possible. Might, well, because um, it's been advertised as only on Crave, unless Crave is Crave also- is a streaming. So Crave is a streaming platform. Out is a channel. No, no, I, no, I know that, but I, I wonder if they're connected in some way. Could, um, yeah. But Fenton Bailey and the other guy that executive produce RuPaul's Drag Race in the U.S are also the produce, executive producers there. Okay. It's still, um, I think it has to do with international rights and um, the way the production companies are operating. They may not have the legal liability to operate in That's Canada possible. or the UK, yeah. which is why they're still so closely tied. Well, and, and Drag Race UK is RuPaul's Drag Race UK mm-hmm. um, because RuPaul is the main judge where Drag Race Canada, I guess because it's still North America, they have all the RuPaul voiceovers and the, the video and all that to tie it closely to it. But Eric, you're right. I think it's the same thing with Thailand. It'll probably be the same thing with Australia once that comes out. Um, but it is also why, because of these other production companies, things that are produced by WOW in the US are not streamable because of their contracts with like VH1 and, and um, um, oh yeah, podcasts, whatever the parent company is for for the the, the VH1 family, um, that's why we get Drag Race UK same day. That's why we're getting. Honestly, I don't even know if it was same time. It might have been about a, a fifteen or thirty minute difference, but uh, Canada streamed same day as it was premiering uh, in Canada. Uh, Thailand streams on um, on Wild Presents Plus only season two. They took season one off for some reason. Weird. But when it's outside of the U.S. and the contracts that we have here, mm-hmm. it's able to stream to Wild Presents Plus. It was the same thing that was going to happen when it went to Showtime. Even though it was within the the Comcast family, somehow with their contract, it must have been, or it was some way for them to be able to put it on a premium platform but still have people be able to stream it without having to subscribe and pay extra money for it when we're already paying 40 bucks a year for something like WoW Presents Plus. Yeah. You so know. we should talk about the queens because that's really interesting, the stylistic differences between American queens and Canadian queens. And considering half of them are in America or in, in the U.S., I should say, uh, because a bunch of them live in L.A. and a bunch of them live in New York or at least Lemon uh, for Lemon, sure. So Lemon is listed as New York. Everyone else is listed as right, but they uh, some of them in the interviews. If you listen, they're like, "Oh yeah, I moved to L.A." Uh-huh. Um, the the Vancouver Queen uh, or yeah, the uh, Alona. It's either Boa or I think it was Boa had moved to L.A. No, Alona. They they're very it similar. Was oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. Boa is more. Uh, I mean, she's like a mainstay of that area now. So there's like oh. the Toronto drag epicenter, and there's a lot of uh, Ontario and then Toronto queens there. But then there was like the the New York one with Lemon, and then Alona, who was Vancouver, but and 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 uh, Indigenous uh, Canadian, uh, you know, Inuit. I'm assuming I don't know all the you know, in, Indigenous whatevers, but uh, and she moved down to LA. But yeah, Bo is amazing. I definitely liked her. I liked her aesthetic in a way that was very not what you would have in America or in the U.S. as far as like a look that people would I think like. But I really enjoyed it. Um, Deborah Cox is Canadian. Yeah, I know. I was surprised by that, too. I was like, what? Oh, she's there. Um, (laughs) I didn't know uh, Deborah Cox was Canadian. I am shooketh and so excited for when she's a guest host. um, 
Jimbo, I reached out to a friend of mine who lives in Victoria where Jimbo is. And I guess the drag scene in Victoria is like decimated. There's really nothing. There's really one gay bar and they don't uh, have a great, you know, whatever. But uh, Jimbo uh, is definitely a queen I want to see more of because, again, just so out there and weird and different um, and, and crafty. Um, Rita Baga, I messaged Divine Grace and I'm like, are you masquerading as a Quebecois? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure that's you uh, on Canadian Drag Race. Um, so, yeah, if you know Divine Grace, uh, just you, you can picture Rita very, very clearly. Uh, I was sad, though. Like, Juicebox, uh, spoilers, I mean, she went home. I really actually liked her a lot. And I was at both Lemon and Juicebox. I was like, I want to see more of both of them. I was so um, mad that Juicebox lost a lip sync. I did yeah. not think that was going to go to Lemon at fucking all and especially after juice box had like a panic attack on there like a the whole thing was so ugh. but they left it all in like the one time one of the queens tripped on the way out of the the one challenge and juice then the, box the, i think it was that was juice box oh, yeah. oh god that yeah. poor girl but like they left in so much of that stuff and it was just so well, like I can who doesn't want to who doesn't want to laugh at a drag queen falling i mean honestly yeah, i just i feel like there's there's definitely choices they made that were not what I'm expect, what I didn't, I, it was unexpected. Things happened that I didn't expect, and the hosting thing was, in and of itself, kind of a weird mishmash I, of. I, I think I understand why they did the hosting that way. I did. It felt uncomfortable, but yes. I think I think for the three of them to appear as one unit and nobody kind of become the head judge. They let the guest judge be the one that kind of emcees that whole portion. But did you but, notice when they voted that, and maybe it's just they didn't show it, but they actually like exchanged like a slip of paper. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so it was the vote of who. They right, write down who they think won the lip sync and they. I've never seen American or other drag races do well, that. Well, no, because that's Ru just up to RuPaul. RuPaul has the final say on that. What about Thailand? I wonder if Thailand does it that way. I mean, I, I didn't watch Thailand. So I, I don't think any of the other ones. Well, I mean, Thailand's the only other one besides UK and RuPaul was there. There's still a host. There is a main person yeah. that's okay, running so everything. so it's this weird triumvirate that they had to... Well, and, and we have, like, the judges' deliberation where they can talk or whatever, where it's not... Like, when, you, when you're watching the lip sync... So, a lot of times, and this is what we don't see, when the lip sync ends, they, RuPaul does, just doesn't make a decision. There have been times where RuPaul is left and had to come back and it's because you're talking to the producers or whatever blah 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 um or she's re-watching the lip sync or yeah or whatever yeah. whatever the case is there is time in between unlike here i think there's kind of they're all watching this and instead of them all getting up and leaving it's kind of like okay whether whether or not they rewatch the lip sync so that way they can see both and like pay attention to both people they it, it kind of shows that all three of them cast a vote give it to brooklyn who because brooklyn's a um a legend in the drag scene because brooklyn's a former miss continental because brooklyn's a a former top two drag race contestant like it, it it's she's kind of the head the point person for the the discussion and she says a lot of the iconic rupaul lines kind of like that's what was really weird is yeah they have a guest host yeah they deliberate all that's there but then you get Brooklyn kind of doing the RuPaul shtick 
Yeah. And it was like, just make her the thing. Just make her the RuPaul. Yeah. I think she did a great job. She had little substitutes for like what Squirrel Friends was like, uh, not loonies, but there was another term they used. Oh, no, that was the money. Yeah. Was like, yeah. The money's the loonies or whatever, but then there was. There or was it some... was bring back my loons. Oh, okay. Was that what it was? Yeah. But like, that's, it's good. It's good. It's establishing this new separate culture and that and even all the challenges and everything like a lot of it focused back on canada which is similar to how the uk one went they focused on sort of the people who don't know the united kingdom let's show them different parts of it let's kind of focus on the that i mean it made sense but um yeah i don't know i liked it i overall thought you know the queens were interesting and i i'm at least a little more interested in this than yet another season of american drag race you know i i i wasn't a big fan of the girls i just it was a lot of fighting for fighting's sake in my opinion um it was it was it uh priya who's the one that was like really really bitchy oh, oh my god yes. what, you mean oh my... you mean at the end after from the from the deliberation or from the critiques on i was, was living oh kind yes kind. kind i was living for how petulant and bratty her reaction was and how she was just she could not believe that this other queen boa would have gotten better you know accolades from the judge like she just could not accept like i think that she i mean whether that's a, a shtick or that is like genuine her reaction i was like this is entertaining and i hate her like i hate her you i want to hate her but like See, it was fascinating it's hysterical that like other drama on like U.S. Drag Race, you're like, I don't like any of this drama, and then, and then and Kiana's like, I can't believe this bitch did better than me, and you're like, I'm living. <laughs> I mean, it is different, and I'm sure it was not production goaded, but at the same time, it's just, it's yeah. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in a couple of episodes, I'll warm up to the queens, but so far for me, it just didn't. I love the judges. I like the concept. I love the workroom. That fucking maple leaf by the door. Living for it. But it just their runway set is amazing too. It feel the room feels so much bigger. It's and, stunning. It's yeah. stunning. I just it did not grab me the same way as UK did. And UK felt like a breath of fresh air. But the and, and maybe it's because I met the girls beforehand. But even watching the the little like meet the queens i didn't watch their their individual meet the queens videos but just like the meet the queens of canada's drag race where it was like intercut with some of the segments from each of them none of them to me i was like yay but we're one episode in so we'll see we are not recapping canada's drag race we may mention it in the future because obviously it airs on thursday nights then we watch our Drag Race uh, All-Stars on Friday, and then we record every other week on the weekend. But we are not, we're not, we're not recapping those. <laughs> but we'll see it, how it, it goes. It's nice to see another, another branch of the tree. Yeah, it's interesting. Race Chaser isn't even covering it. There's a separate podcast with, uh, who is it, Manila and Latrice? Chop, oh, really? Chop, yeah. chop, chop. I mean, yes. it's, the, it's the same um, network. Oh, oh it's... Uh... It's Forever, Forever Dog. Dog. Yeah. Um, it's a Forever Dog podcast. It is, um, oh my God, what is their, so Race Chasers kind of branched into their own little, 
production world, um, something Mavens of Media or something like that. It's Mom. Is there a little like kind of production nice. brand? That's that's funny. That's cool. and they have enlisted Manila and um, Latrice. Funny enough, not just because they run All Stars Four, but going back to Lee Dawson when he did All Stars Two, and he would get to that point of the episode where um, it came down to who had to get eliminated, he utilized the song "The Chop" by Latrice featuring Manila Luzon or Manila featuring Latrice. It's the two of them together called The Chop. And that's the song that used to play. So when we go chop, 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 chop. I never knew where that came from. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> that's Latrice and Manila's song, The Chop. Yes. Nice. So it all just, it all into a nice little package. But yes, yeah, so um, they, yeah, they did not do UK. They have not done Thailand and they will not be doing Canada. They're sticking to just Wait a minute. Uh, they didn't do UK? I thought they did I UK. I thought they did UK. They, they did, did UK. UK. Yeah, no, no. I listened yeah. to that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, maybe it's just because RuPaul did. I hosted that one. So maybe they kept it in line with that. But yeah, I'm just excited. We have one episode left of season four. I just want to get to season five. <laughs> we just got to do the reunion episode. That's the sad part. They have one episode to go. This was like when they were finishing season two and one of the seasons came up like started yeah. and they had just the reunion episode left <laughs> in a way exactly so that does it for us this long ass recap episode this was fun though this i'm actually gmz wasn't great but i'm glad that we got to talk about how not great that was and how good the snatch game was overall because it, it's honestly it's felt recently that snatch game is suffered because these queens think they're better than they are as far as these impersonations go and they don't seem to be prepared enough so it was nice to see the majority actually do well this time around where there were very there was it was very much kind of the the lower end to be like hey they weren't prepared so i'm excited we have got uh we've got the ball next week and then we'll see how it goes if they're going to do another elimination episode and do a top three. And we'll see if we get a reunion. So either which way, if we don't get a reunion episode, we'll see. Maybe we'll do, uh, we'll double up and do, we'll record right after. But we'll let you all know when that happens. Until then, you can check out all of our stuff on uh, any of your favorite streaming platforms. You can follow us on flameonshow.com. Scroll to the bottom for all of your social media icons. And uh, if you are so inclined and you're enjoying our podcasting, then go over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and become a patron at any of the four levels that we have. And until next time, dear listeners, deuces. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.